Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Dang it. Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, mouth. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. How you like me now? How you like go. Tuesday. We get ready. Super Bowl, the big game. They had opening night last night, NFL Network, ESPN. Whenever you have the dual broadcast, you never know uh, whether it's going to be good or bad. But they ran all of it with uh, a bunch of interviews from the Chiefs and the Eagles. We'll get to a few of those thoughts from last night as we welcome you into XL Primetime. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, two great dealerships. They cover the first coast and they got the lineup, that's for sure, when it comes to SUVs, pickups. Beautiful sedans, economy cars, all sorts of rides. You can find them. Beaver Toyota, St. Augustine.com. You can find them right there on US1 in the AUG and Beaver Chevy on Phillips Highway and BeaverChevrolet.com. Uh, Mia back from TPC. We are all ready to rock and roll. Uh, media day yesterday. The uh, course looking good, I'm sure. Yes. As Jared Rice and the boys are getting it all together. Yes, very much so. The course officially closes this Sunday, is the last day it's open to the public. And mm-hmm. so they're trying mm-hmm. to. Cram as much as they possibly can into uh, into this week. And blew almost a 17. Yeah. Did you see the video? Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. Heck of a video. Heck of a yeah. video. Got over 1,000 views on TikTok. Go check it out on all of our channels <laughs> if you haven't already. Uh, three feet, five inches from the cup. He got the award for closest to the cup on 17. He's beat me now. He also was closest to the water on 18. So literally when they went to hand out all the awards, they were just like, all right, another one for Rick. Another wow. one for Rick. He's like the Taylor Swift of Media Day. Uh, which is pretty cool. The he's beat me because I had I had and I don't know if I've got it stored away somewhere, but way back when when they had the uh, Super Bowl media party there, it was just brutally cold for this soft Florida guy in the wind at night. Hit it into the pop bunker. It popped out of it. No one could see it because it was in the dark, and it landed ten feet from the cup. And I I made the top five or whatever, and I got my little plaque. But now Baloo's got me. He's topped me. Of course, Dempsey's got the ace out there. So there's a lot of 10-10 decorated awards over there. Last time he will ever be compared to Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But Baloo's loving it. You got to also see, because I know JJ will appreciate this of anybody in the studio right now, uh, Rick really enjoys commentating while he films on his video camera. Mm-hmm. Um, when he goes after snakes. When he goes after snakes or filming me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and his buddies, who I've golfed with many a time, they, uh, they like to refer to any of the multicolored golf balls. Those are the Mia balls, mm-hmm. uh, which I did golf with a pink ball yesterday for the first 16 or first 14 holes. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm going to have to show you guys the uh, the Rick commentating. I, oh, yeah. Something tells me he used to work with the PGA. He used yeah. to do a little bit of work for them. Yeah. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a time or two yeah. that he, he, batoned, did he, did that. he batoned that to me. Uh, that's for sure. And I'll always thank him. I think I still owe him a beer for that one. Uh, all right. Now, let's get into all sorts of things Super Bowl related. We got Super Bowl props. Uh, the beer props closet will be open. We'll give you a chance. All I got to do is listen throughout the course, the first, second, and third hours. We'll give you a chance to uh, at least call in. We might get a few of you on the show, give you your thoughts on the actual Super Bowl game itself, and then we'll throw some props at you. You got to go 2 0 in the prop department to get into the prize closet, but we'll give you a chance either on air or off air with JJ to get it all hooked up. Uh, it's it, Did you see any of the opening night last night, Leon? I mean, look, 
it's a circus. It's a it's a show more than anything else. But yeah. after last night, you know, these guys got to bear down from from this. Perspective. No, I missed. I missed. It was yesterday was media day, yeah. right? Yeah. Last media, night, last night, brought was them all day. in. Okay, all big right. stage. A little you know. change from when I was back in the day. I mean, our Monday was us getting there. Our media day was actually Tuesday, Tuesday right. afternoon. Yep. I understand what the NFL is doing now. We're having media day that Monday night, sell tickets. Yeah. Fans want to come there and media day. My whole concern when I – way, 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 way back when staying I was – Staying your ear early on. Yeah, I was staying here <laughs> when I was in Super Bowl thirty. My whole concern is that I remember my media day. I was in between Rod Wilson and Greg Lloyd. So I was trying to attract some attention because all the media was at with those two guys. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, there was, there was nothing. They, want, they didn't want to talk to a lineman. <laughs> During those days, and, and the fans were kind of the fans weren't allowed in our media day. It was just the media no, people no, doing our exactly. day. Right? So that, that, that's got to be special as a fan. You get the opportunity to actually see one of your favorite players on media day. Yeah. Now, do they get to go down there and get autographs, they, they or they just stay the stands? Into like a, a controlled seating area in the stadium or in the arena, okay. wherever they choose to do it. But there probably are some VIP opportunities. Yeah, there's probably some. So that's pretty cool. They're pretty cool. NFL is allowing the fans to come to Monday because it's a special time because they ask you all these kind of different questions about the game and, you know, your run uh, in the playoffs and what are your expectations come Sunday. Uh, I mean, I don't know what what you think you're supposed to say. Mm -hmm. We expect to win. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I was pushing, trying to push a couple of buttons because the Cowboys were the team that we were playing against, some of my former teammates were on the Cowboys team. Yeah. So I, I, I made a comment that I was sick and tired of them um, showing me their Super Bowl ring. <laughs> I poked the bear. Didn't yeah, just much. gig them a little bit. I just gig them a little bit. I was trying to get some media attention. That's all. You know, it's interesting, speaking of media attention, so when the playoff in college football first started in 2014, mm-hmm. they, you know, they've always had a media day when the, for the big game. Even mm-hmm. when it was the BCS, you have a, like the Super Bowl, you have a media day where the media comes and you can interview any player, mm-hmm. whereas prior to the season you can't do that. So now everybody's open and everybody's there, right? So what the playoffs decided to do was just have it in, a, in an arena, mm-hmm. okay? And then you let the fans in. And then here's another thing. They got smart again. They sold these little transistor radios that had like nine channels on them for like, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks? Yeah. And there were 10 podiums around, around, around the wherever. arena. So you could you could like channel through each one and listen to whoever you want to listen to. Yeah, that's because cool. it's all yeah it's all through the headset. That, yeah. That's mm. like a really smart idea mm. to bring fans closer to the action to get them about as close as they can get without asking a question. Yeah, heck yeah. And then last night you had one of the people, the the throngs around each one of the the uh, high chairs that these guys are on. Nick Sirianni Nick Sirianni was asked if this was a must win game. And yeah, just uh, beautiful. I, I'm sure you can look for that no one, JJ, and find it. Yeah, uh, there was that one, and then there yeah. was uh, the reporter who wanted to essentially stage an apology to Jalen Hurts, where he was like, "Hey, man, I didn't think you guys would win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl if you were the quarterback." And Jalen Hurts goes, "Yeah, a lot of people thought that." And he yeah. goes, "Well, I just wanted to say, man to man, I'm sorry." And Jalen Hurts literally went, "Cool." Yeah, cool. Do you have a question? Yeah. That's it. And, and look, Jalen Hurts knows kick, some of the stuff. He's as grounded as it gets. Right? Are we going to give an award? That was Kick Rocks. I was going to say, are we, are we going to give our yeah. uh, our Kick Rocks award yeah, that was, that's what that uh, for, was. for Super Bowl Media Day? What The most useless sound, the useless question well, I, of, the, of the media here day? Here is the three-second clip. Yeah, Nick Sirianni looks not very pleased. Yeah. Yeah. And then even- somebody also asked... Uh, is that a joke though? They, is that like no, a Nickelodeon, no, no, no. Pers- Nickelodeon person? Then it got worse because then somebody Probably. asked somebody asked, 
uh, which player on the team would you not let your daughter date? And he goes, my daughter is five years old. Yeah. So yeah. all of them. I yeah, know. exactly. I was like, what are you people doing? Like, I understand you want viral, whatever, but like, this is not the time and place for them. Well, they've done it forever this way. They really have. And they all have their own kind of agenda. Yeah, they Entertain- every- well, they also let anybody in at that well, point. Well, the entertainment media comes in. Yeah. I was a fan yeah. when Azteca would come in. I was all, all about that. That was cool. Univision and all of them, that's well, You fine. were a fan because yeah. the Azteca yeah. women were but, very attractive. And they, and they made sure that they were visible and memorable. That's Bing. for sure. But yeah, so from your, I know him. Yeah. Come on. But anyway, you know, that's what they do is they just try and come up. And they they will send hand puppets up there. They'll do right. all, you know, whatever Bar they possibly do. Guys will to ask literally ask the, the, the most ridiculous questions ever. But the question to Like sir- Clay Travis, who yeah. I love Clay. Clay's yeah. a good dude. Clay asked Tim Tebow in 2009, are you still a virgin? Yeah. That's exactly the kind of things they're looking for. Right, yeah. And they won't. They won't go away from that. No. If, if they've no. got it, they think it's it's live and it's viral. That, that's basically what they're getting into. Because the one person who did ask the must wins ha- had to circle back because they tried to get a reaction. He goes, well, we're coming here to, to win, of course. And they go, so that is a must win. That was the end of that that question. He got two questions in on that one. All right, I mean, so, what would you ask? Yeah. Yeah, that, that might be a good question. What would you ask what if you were? What would you ask if you Nick were? Sirianni? Yeah, or no, just if you were at Super Bowl Media Day Any, last anybody, night, yeah. Chiefs Eagles, who would you ask a question and what would it be? Yeah, yeah, you can hit I, us on the text yeah. line designed by Lifetime Enclosure six four one ten ten. Mister Sirianni, what's your favorite color? Yeah, exactly. Well, of course, needless to say, Donna Kelsey, the mother of Travis and Jason, also made her way into the foray last night. Yeah. Uh, was on the main stage. Apparently, packed cookies. For her two sons. And yeah, so, for each. Uh, needless to say, already was doing the rounds with local Philadelphia television last night. Thank of you for course. your service and sacrifice, local TV sports reporters, doing the story everyone wants. Um, and then apparently they asked her if she would consider doing the coin toss on Sunday, to which she had some beautiful quote about, there are so many men and women that have poured their hearts and souls and blood, sweat, and tears into this sport. I am not one of them. I, I don't deserve I it. I would probably ask, is Elvin w- Bishop fooling mm. around and fell in love a soft rock song or not? <laughs> you know what? I would I'm ask. Get a serious <laughs> answer. I would <laughs> ask. You know what I would ask? I would Seriously. ask, just to get the temperament of what the players, I would ask, what kind of music do you listen to? That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. You, what, what's in the beats before yeah, because the game? I, because I always had three songs I would listen to before I would go out and play on the field. It was... Mm. It was um, Public Enemy, Do the Right Thing. It was Public Enemy, Fight the Power. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, yeah. And then it was Let's Go Crazy. Those mm-hmm. are my three songs. I love that. Nice variety. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I love those that. are my songs. Those are my three yeah. songs. Well, All I right. did appreciate, too, uh, shout out to Charles McDonald, Four Verts on Twitter. He mm-hmm. ran into Andy Reid at an airport like five years ago, and Andy gave <clears> him his mac and cheese recipe. And so he circled back last night, to his credit, to confirm that indeed this is the recipe and has he changed it uh-huh. in the past five years? And Andy gave a great response. Like, that I'm okay with because yeah. they actually had had the conversation. So, like, yeah. quirky stuff like that. I don't that, mind lighthearted at all. I'm cool yeah. with that. Yeah. But, like, that might be a cool thing since yeah. we were just talking about it before we went on the air about, you know, if you weren't in the game, what would be your Super Bowl spread? Mm-hmm. What would you be eating? I'm sure Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, would give ketchup, cheeseburger well, answers. But mac and cheese at the while you're watching the game? Man, that's yeah. kind of – yeah. That's gonna make but, you. But I tell you bro. this, well, that's I, gonna make you nap. Here it is, one hundred percent. I'm gonna well, read. Yeah. I'm gonna read it to you. To me, so, endor- to me endorphins. This 100%. is. Uh, so he met Andy at the airport. Somehow they had a long talk about Thanksgiving foods, and he said, "This is the cheeses that he uses in his mac and cheese. He uses mac and cheese cheeses, grated fontina, grated mozzarella, grated parmesan, grated sharp cheddar, gouda, and Gruyere." 
Yeah. See, here's the problem. Good. See, that's here's good. the problem with, with mac and cheese. You can't just have like a little scoop. So you're going to have more, right? Well, if you have and willpower. Then, good. And then you... Okay. Yeah. Can you have one scoop of mac and cheese? No. All right. T- so but, my but point is, I always my get point is, once you have more, about two hours before Super Bowl, I get a nap. Right, but once you have more, that nap's gonna come Bro. on, man. I'm well, telling here's you. one thing that you said. I'm just, eating a lot of things that'll make me listen, nap. Here's uh, and one drinking thing, a lot of things. Here's one thing that used to irritate right. well, me before, before a big game. This, you know, we have a pregame meal, we have our meetings or whatever. Guys get on the bus, like we're going to the Super Bowl, the AFC Champ, whatever it may be. I could not stand that players. That would sleep on the bus before the game. And that, really? That irritated me <laughs> as a player. Really? I swear, bro. And it it would be it would be guys that you can't say anything to, you know, like big name guys. Yeah. But they would actually take a nap on the bus before the game. Why I'm did that bother in. you? Because you're supposed to be locked in, not taking Focused. a nap. Focus, but man. I mean, this is before they even get bro, to the arena. Bro, I'm just telling you, you irritate me. I just wanted. To, <laughs> I swear, I wanted to slap him. I, I wanted to. Now this one, I was a, this one, I was a stealer. <laughs> It was a steal, and must I was have been, must have been like Greg Lloyd. I, okay, go ahead. Yeah, he was one of the ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, bro. They used to take naps, bro. They got the headsets on, and they're taking naps before the game. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? But no. you guys, food wise, you ate just protein, right? Nothing, nothing heavy well, we before are, the game, right? You had to get no. the pasta in because no, the pasta was an energy. Pasta, pasta. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how guys can eat full steaks and steak. They eat steaks, pasta, chicken. What did you pancakes. eat? Pancakes for game. Me, I, I, I mostly ate pasta and salad. Right. And a uh, light chicken, cause I, you know, I had to be light on my feet. I couldn't be, I couldn't feel, you know, heavy. Yeah, you know, I had to feel like I was a heavyweight, but I wanted to be a lightweight. Yeah, I, I believe it. I, you, you needed to dance and punch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. So if you got uh, some feelers for what you would ask and who you would ask, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure six four one ten ten. You can definitely jump in on that. Now we we mentioned TPC Sawgrass, and yesterday they were at Pebble. And they ultimately finished up the tournament there. Justin Rose won it, but there's just a little football that came out of that tournament, and it was Keith Mitchell, former Georgia Bulldog, a very good golfer, uh, but calling Aaron Rodgers out just a little bit. So let's just at least mix a little golf and football now, just to set it up. It's the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am. That means professionals and amateurs are paired up together. Usually, a lot of celebrities, athletes, a lot of these players or, or, or golfers they get invited because it creates that, you know, that nice cool story over the weekend as they're competing. Anyway, Aaron Rodgers is paired up with a guy that you may not know, Ben Silverman. Ever heard of him? Yeah. It's fine if you haven't. Uh, meanwhile, Keith Mitchell was paired up with Josh Allen. Both Allen and Rodgers, pretty good golfers as well as pretty dang good quarterbacks. But at the end, they shortened the pro-am part of it because of weather, and Aaron Rodgers and Silverman win the trophy. So this is Keith Mitchell afterwards, after the third round of when it was awarded, Talking about, he's questioning Aaron Rodgers and his old handicap. How far, how far off the lead uh, were you on the pro-am side of it? I think Josh and I won. Um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't count. Uh, his his handicap was crap. So I, I haven't looked. I think we were on 18. We might have been up there. But if if uh, if we finish second to Aaron, I consider us winning the trophy. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I love the fact that he's calling him out because handicap, if you're a golfer out there, you totally get it. That is serious business. You don't need to be fudging on your handicap. And I called Aaron Rodgers a winner yesterday, and maybe not so much, even though he has the trophy. But he is a registered handicap at Green Bay Country Club 3.0 at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. All the amateurs, this is the story, got a bump uh, from their home handicaps because of the challenging venues and crowds. But they put him in somewhere around a 10. That is an absolute rip job by Aaron Rodgers.
I don't know how he did it. I, I, don't, know he how like he, I don't know how he played with I a good he was like a scratch golfer. I think he's yeah. been hanging out in the woods too much with um, the Woodland Nymph, Shailene yeah. Woodley. I know that they're not engaged anymore, but I assume he has more Woodland Nymph friends. Or well, n- so you know. Maybe the psychedelics what, allowed you know, him to do Woodland Seven strokes, Yeah, though. that's what I call her. I that's refer a lot. to her as that's the. Have you not seen the pictures of them skipping around Hawaii? Like, yeah, listen, man, Woodland Nymph. That's, that's, that's Woodland why, Nymph. Why yes. didn't they just take his Green Bay and then the, the 10 and then Adam and then give him divided in, divide in half? See, something like that would make perfect sense to me. Let me just tell you something. Anyone that's been with me at the 9 at nine to 5 or whatever, they know that I'm not a very good golfer. And I had brought it down to somewhere around a 13 or 14, and he got to be plugged in as a 10. A 10. Okay, that's just an absolute rip job. That's what that is. No doubt. What's your best round of golf you ever played? One time I broke 80. That is it. 80. One time okay. at the Slammer. Okay. Uh, I live in the 80s. I live in the 90s. You brought yeah, down to 13. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, yeah. I was I was impressed with myself and then went out and embarrassed myself well, at the about, gym. About 15 Pro years ago, I was playing yeah. at uh, Claremont Golf and Country. Yeah. Golf and Country Club. Yeah. I shot 81. Ooh. Oh. That's why I, I play golf every day. Yeah, I right. love that. I'm in the plus 30. Now, as someone nice. who's ignorant to I golf – um, like, what's the repercussions for this, Joe? Like, obviously not in a professional sense, but like, if one of your buddies tried this at a tournament and got away with, like, what yeah. what happens now? Well, you guys just always you, bring you call, this up. You call, you call them out and then you rub them out. Like part of why Patrick Reed JJ got <laughs> kicked off the University of Georgia team. Well, hold on. What's rub them out mean? Uh, we have they, to clarify. They, there's a, this. There's you know. A, <laughs> Number of different definitions for rubber mouth. There really is. But uh, in this particular case, he gets phased out of your force. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, Whoa. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But nice. no, Patrick Reed, because both moving his ball for a more favorable spot. A and, renowned cheater. Patrick. And among other things, exactly. He got kicked off the Georgia golf team. Okay. And got, you know. Well, he was also yeah. stealing from teammates. Also as well. that, exactly. So he <laughs> should have known. All bad guy. So, so, that, so I don't know if they rubbed him, if that was his yeah. uh, <laughs> repercussion. Yeah, they rubbed him out. Yeah, he went to Augusta State after that. But uh, but anyway, I mean that like there's a classic story and and there's a, a dude uh, somewhere out on social media that, that probably can can find this and, and bring it back up. Anyway, uh, Tron, one of the guys who's like a big golfer on social was media, was out there last yesterday. I met him yeah. for the first time. Oh, you did? Yeah, big yeah. XL Primetime listener follows yeah. all of us on social too. So Tron knows, okay. But anyway, he puts this video out one time of where a pro comes out to Jack's Beach uh, uh, Golf Club, nice track, just jumps in and wants to get in these groups and starts playing. And, and it turns out that he is a professional player that is fudging on whether or not wow. on who he is. Oh, yeah. They had to call the cops when it was all said and done on that Whoa. one. That's so how they serious, were betting on holes then, basically. Yeah, that's how serious it can get. Wow. There, there were some wagers that were, uh, I, I would think, significant. That, horse, that course, by the way, is yeah. not really All nice. right, now, let's bring up wagers or let's bring up, we'll have the props coming up in just a little bit, but wagering on LeBron passing Kareem, is it tonight? He needs 36 points. Is it 36 to pass or 36? 36 to pass. 36 to pass. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the all-time scorer. They're taking on the Thunder tonight, uh, or he has to wait, and then they got the Bucks next. Is that right? Uh, okay, so yeah. here's my conspiracy. He needs three titles, too, to pass. Oh, Four my titles. God. Yeah. It always comes it always comes yeah. up. Just yeah. can't talk about LeBron yeah. without okay, bringing on. up Let's MJ. Let's just talk about the scoring title. right? So now. he needs 36 tonight. Mm-hmm. But it's against Oklahoma City. Yeah. It's not on national TV. It's going to be 10 o'clock at night. Thursday's game is also at 10 o'clock at night. But it's on TNT, and it's against Kareem's old team, of yeah. course, the Bucks. Yep. Yeah. 
Script is script in. Yeah, script yep. script yeah. The, the script is so in. So I think yes. he probably scores about 30 tonight, 25. Script chills out. Yeah. Can you also, JJ, comment? Keep the X-Files music, go, mm-hmm. X-Files music going. Gladly. Can you also comment on the speculation that part of why the Kyrie deal was not finalized until late last night was because LeBron was trying to get the league wow, to veto it. Wow, I didn't it. hear that. There were a lot of people saying, because the rumor was <laughs> he wanted him the bad. Nets were trying to get a third team involved. Oh, and yeah. So there were a lot of people wondering, speculating, this is, uh, this if is LeBron real. was stepping in. That. Yeah, well, Woj said that it would have taken multiple teams for the Lakers to be able to pull this off. But now Russ Westbrook is sitting over on the side going, uh yeah, bro, you're you're basically calling us all out because you want a Kyrie here and you're trying to get me out, and it didn't happen. And LeBron's famous tweet was over the weekend was it, what was it? It must be me or is it me? You know something to that effect because the thought was Kyrie me, could me, go me, rejoin me, him, me. but then maybe he didn't want to go there and do that. He didn't want to go hang out with the AARP club. Well, they're I can't old. blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him either. But LeBron was basically saying he's there to win, and I'm thinking, eh. Some of the other decisions that have been made. Is right, his, because if there's one thing I would say about LeBron is he's there to win. Yeah. Well, he has been his entire career. Guy who went to the finals like 10 yeah, straight yeah, years. He, uh, yeah, I mean, like, he, he is all about winning. That's why he hops teams. I do yeah, have a yeah. tweet from him uh, yeah. this weekend, but I don't think it's the one you're referring to. It's the okay. one that I found the funniest. Yeah. We are our own worst enemy. Yes, I did mm-hmm. see that. Worse, not worst. Yeah, I do like that. Love a good spelling there yeah. by LeBron. And look, it's, he's got regrets. There's no question about it. <laughs> he's got them. All right, let's keep it rolling. We'll get into the into the Super Bowl. It's Tuesday, Super Bowl week, so Big Source will give you an idea of what was going through his head. Tuesday of Super Bowl week, we got Coach Campo, who will also have some Super Bowl stories later on. You can bet on that. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota bringing you today's show. We've got to bring up Jaden Rashada as well. Uh, details, you can dispute them, but they're out there, and it's worth bringing up. We'll do that next. Well, I mean, I, I think I can only speak about um, our current team, right? Our focus being on our current team, uh, the current athletes that we have. Not only football, but a lot of our other sports have benefited. So, you know, we've got a ton of strengths in that area. You know, we've got, we live in a state with 21 million people. Uh, we've got half a million living alumni. We're surrounded by huge markets. Uh, and I think our players are benefiting from that. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. That is the voice of the University of Florida head football coach, Billy Napier. We'll dive into the latest in the Jaden Rashada saga coming up in just a little bit. But first, off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures with regards to our discussion of LeBron James's cryptic tweets over the weekend, as well as the Super Bowl coming up in just a few short days. This one's from Brad at the Beaches. He says the Kelsey Brothers podcast, New Heights, announced a surprise guest was coming this week. They quote tweeted that LeBron, maybe it's me, and said surprise guest tomorrow could be anyone. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy. X-Files music. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a crossover. Super Bowl. LeBron breaking Kareem's record. <sighs> Shocking that LeBron's going to make it all about him. Yeah. Uh <laughs> What is he doing? He's probably attend the game. He should probably do the coin toss. Yeah, he's going to do something, but that that record will be broken by that time. Well, not if Matt gets his dream. Yeah, that record will be broken. Hey, that's not my dream. Well, speaking shatters his Achilles tonight. Speaking of the Super Bowl, (laughs) speaking of the Super Bowl, we are also in addition to your LeBron hot takes. If Mm -hmm. LeBron will be breaking the record tonight, uh, we also have asked for what question you would ask 
any player or coach on the Chiefs or Eagles at last night's Super Bowl media day. We've gotten some good ones so far. Uh, this one courtesy of Rob2172. I'd ask Andy Reid, does pineapple belong on a pizza? Yeah, it's a good one. He's an authority when it comes to stuff like that. And those are legit questions, okay? That's something you really want to know. Is a hot dog a sandwich is another question that I would ask uh, Andy Reid because I think he can – he can rule on such things. He did a couple of things last night. He instantly like kind of like picked up some of the good questions that he had from the group around him and commented on the great restaurants in, in Glendale. His wife's from there, all the stuff that he liked, you know, as far as the whole Phoenix area is concerned. He he, he was embracing it. He was loving it. He was enjoying it. Another one cool. courtesy of DJNB2336. Mr. Kelsey, have you ever considered living at a beach in northeast Florida? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, come on, man. It's you know what's hard to believe, Leon. Uh, you got the Kelsey brothers, and you've got Travis, who's thirty-three years of age, and brother Jason is older. All right. Think of how long Andy Reid has been in Kansas City. He got there in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. He was the coach that drafted Jason Kelsey. That's how long he's been around. Wow, wow, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. And Kelsey was what third round? He was a third round pick, wasn't he? Yeah, Kelsey, I thought was a. Third or a fifth round? Tra- or fifth Travis round. or Jason? Travis. Travis. Travis, Travis, Travis a- fell, if you remember, because yeah. he did have some yeah. question marks coming out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He was drafted, indeed, in the third round, 63rd Third overall. round? Yes. Oh, wow. That's a good evaluation of Tyler right there. Well, uh, a kid yeah. like that, then he's, who's, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame? Jason Kelsey's sixth rounder. Oh, he's yeah. a sixth okay, rounder. Sixth he's going to be a first Jack Hall of Fame. Did That's you also good. see that Jason Kelsey's wife is uh, nine months pregnant? They are bringing their OBGYN to Glendale this week. Uh-huh. In case she goes into labor during Super Bowl week. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I'm sure that was approved by the doctor. Yeah. The doctor was like, yeah, I'll sign up to go yeah, to Arizona sure. Now, do you miss week. the Super Bowl for your child's birth? We've already asked this before. Uh, no. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you do, you do not. You might miss on, game. Depends on which one it is. Is it one, two, or three? Yeah, you might miss week three, but not the, yeah, three. Yeah, not yeah, the Super yeah. Bowl. Oh, that's what it was. We were talking about Trevor. If Trevor oh, missed Trevor. the start for his kid and some fools on the text line were saying, yes, he should. No, not for number one. Yeah, that's a disgrace. For number one, you're in the Super Bowl. Your kid on – no, no, just in the regular season. No, I'm talking about the Super Bowl. No, I'm talking about the Super Bowl. Would you, yeah, if, if this is your first, comes during the if Super Bowl. firstborn child, would you miss it for the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> you would miss – yeah, of course yeah. you would. Of course you would. I mean, yeah. that kid will understand. Yeah. Take well, the listen, video. you can induce the labor. Yeah, exactly. A week in advance or yeah. a week afterwards. Take the video. That's how it works. So, I'm Kelsey – Jason Kelsey drafted in 2011 – Mm. And it's still getting it done. And as JJ just said, sixth round. So he was way down. He was the 198th pick overall. And listen, he's in consideration of being one of the best centers of all time. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't say that because I played with one of the best centers of all time. Right. So I, right. I, you know, and Demonte, Demonte, yeah. Dawson, Demonte Dawson. But it's so, I mean, he's in, the, he's in the conversation. Let me yeah. just say that he's in the conversation. So think about this. You could potentially have, they already have now the first two brothers to play against each other in mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. We'll, we will hear that over and over and over. Uh, but potentially two in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. They're gonna, oh, both of them, they'll be first, first ballot. Yeah. Absolutely, should be. Yeah, so you don't have any questions. But, you know, a lot, a lot. No, I know. No, no question. He's still, to this day, he's still open. Always. That's pretty good. Yeah. Always open. Yeah. Yeah, but that's pretty good that you say that about Jason, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that you you think there's no oh I've watched, yeah I watched enough a film on him I mean he's solid I mean he's more than solid he's one of the, the Eagles are one of the best is in my opinion the best offensive lineman in the field mm-hmm. from tackle to tackle interiorly everything 
All right, so let's do the 10 10 take real quick before we get into the Jaden Rashada saga, because that's basically what it is becoming. Now, Josie's 10 10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since 68. Running out of time for the pigskin party giveaway from Sonny's for the big game. You've got a pigskin party for 10. They will hook you up. All you got to do is text, text the word Sonny's. So the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. Text Sonny's to 641-1010. Go in that drawing for the pigskin party from Sonny's. Party of 10. And there will also be other winners. Dinners for two will be given out as well, courtesy of Sonny's. So we mentioned Jason Kelsey in the sixth round. That was for Philadelphia. Andy Reid was part of that staff that, that drafted him. Then go to Travis Kelsey in Kansas City in the third round. Now, we're sitting here. In Duval, and we're loving on Trent Baalke, okay, because we're saying this guy, after all the clown emojis, after all the criticism, look what he was able to do. He's put together a decent a decent team and roster this year. Look, they were in that game all the way down to the end in the divisional round. So you guys are all with me, right, with Trent Baalke. Now listen to what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs and what they have done with their draft class and we're talking about a good team that drafted near the end. They had 10 rookies that contributed this year. 10 that contributed and four of them that are starters in the Super Bowl. Think about that. Okay? They didn't pick number 1 overall at the beginning of each round. They have four starters that will be in the Super Bowl that came out of this draft class. Now they had two first rounders. Jacksonville had two first-rounders. Did Jacksonville get as much out of Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd as Kansas City got out of Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis? I mean, come on. George Karloftis had six sacks uh, and was drafted 30th overall. Trent McDuffie over 700 snaps and was drafted 21st overall. Now, I've got plenty more that I want to bring up, but let's at least stay right there with the 10-10 take. That is a good organization. That's a good organization, Leon, that goes through that well, draft and gets productive Well, players. listen, that's a good organization that understands that the, the job is never done, never finished. I mean, it doesn't matter if they win in 12 games, 11 games, or 13 games. They still have got to keep, you know, they've got to keep the roster solid. You've mm-hmm. got, you, you got to have your guys be impactful where, where you're picking every year in the draft. And they understand every year we're picking outside the 20s. Yep. And we got to make sure those guys are hits, can't be misses. And unfortunately, Jacksonville, prior to this year, have missed on top ten picks, which you can't, which would decimate your your franchise. Yeah. So now that we're picking in the twenties, we're going to make sure those guys that we go after, you know, at this upcoming draft, are just as impactful as guys that we would draft maybe in the top ten. I'm going to take it a step further. Mm-hmm. The NFL put out a graphic of the eleven starters on both on mm-hmm. offense for both the Chiefs and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. How many of those starters do you think were drafted by the team they are playing for on Sunday? Mm, this is uh, on offense. I, this is on offense. I'm just going to guess that it's got to be somewhere in the neighborhood of – I'm just going to say 18. How no, many, no, no, how so, many so, were no, drafted? No, no. So let's, let's do the Chiefs Out first. of the 22. How many – no, no, no. We're doing of just 11. offense. Okay. Of the 11 on offense. I was doing both teams, I guess. How many yeah, Chiefs were drafted? Offense. Yes, by the Chiefs. Uh, I'm going to say all of them. No. No, it can't be. No. It was Orlando Brown. Scantling wasn't drafted by him. Yeah, well, you got, Ju- you got Juju. Juju wasn't either. Juju yeah. either. So that's I'm going to say three. Okay. All right, hang on. All yeah, right. Keep going. You yeah. can give us some music here, JJ. Because yes, yeah, I'm nice, just going to go. It's a nice little betcha, if you may. Yeah. I think it's I'm nine, I'm just going to go Mahomes, Kelsey, 
All right, Orlando Brown was not, but Tooney, was he? Tooney, nope. 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 Um, you the go. Center, the center was, I think. Yeah. The other guard was from Tennessee. Yeah. Trey Smith, who's one of the best guards All right, in the so league now. All right, so I'm going to go two, four. I'm going to go seven. Five. Five. Now let's do the Eagles. 11 starters on offense. How many were drafted right. by the Eagles? Take A.J. Brown off of there. You got to go Jalen Hurts. You got to go Devonta Smith. You got to go Dallas Goddard. You got to go Kelsey. Um, Johnson's not there anymore. Uh, Seven. Mm-hmm. Johnson is were, still there. Were no, Johnson is still there. What the ones that were drafted by the Eagles? Yes. I'll say nine. Seven, seven. Drafted by the Eagles Eight. will be playing for the Eagles on Sunday. Eight. Seven. Ten. Yeah, I said nine. Mm. Ten. Ten wow. of the 11 yeah. mm. were drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles that will mm-hmm. play for the Eagles Sunday in the Super Bowl. Five for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. which if we looked a year ago when Tyree Kill and company were still there, it's probably right. more. Yeah. And that is to your point, Joe, and to your 10-10 take. That yeah. is what is most impressive, and that is what Trent Baalke and the Jaguars front office want to create right. but need to create as well. And, because and, here's the thing that's so fascinating to me is like – because uh, I'm looking at the numbers and sense, and I see some folks on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, as well as my personal phone line texting me and saying, are we talking free agency yet? Are we talking draft yet? No, well, it, it's Super that. Bowl week, so yeah. that's number one. But I am looking ahead, and I am looking at the finances of, you potentially drafted five starters in 2021 with Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Tyson Campbell, Walker Little, Andre Sisco. Mm-hmm. How do you pay all five of them? How do you maintain them? Because I'm looking at this Eagles lineup right now, and they're pretty much spread out. You got 2020 for Jalen Hurts, 2019 for Miles Sanders, 2021 for Devontae Smith, 2020 for Quez Watkins, 2018 for Dallas Goddard. So it's a little bit more spread out, which allows for the finances to be finangled a little bit more. Right, right. So. And you hope that that will happen because, A, these drafts need to stack up together, right? Because they haven't. It can't just be one yeah. draft that yeah. that's where they all come exactly. from. Exactly. They haven't. So you hope they stack up together, and then you pick your guys that you're going to choose second contracts for. That's the thing that you've got to do more than anything else. Here's the kicker. At the end of the Chiefs draft, this was number 243 in the draft and number 251 in the draft. So two players that were picked outside of the first 240 were Jalen Watson, who picked off Trevor. Matter of fact, has two picks in the playoffs at the cornerback position that made major, major plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the other one is Paco, Isaiah Pacheco. He was the 17th running back taken in this year's draft. And look what he's doing. He led the Chiefs in yards. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Pete Thamel of ESPN is reporting that the Miami Hurricanes are hiring Lance Gidry as their defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Okay, he will replace, he will rep- replace, of course, Kevin Steele's going to mm-hmm. Alabama. Yeah. Lance Gidry's a longtime guy, been, been in college coaching for a long time, basically in the South, a lot of it in the state of Louisiana with like some the, the lower-tier group of five in the FCS schools there. But he, his most recent, really, was Marshall in 22, I believe. He was part of Char- Charles Huff's first staff. He had a top 10 defense there at Marshall. And then he got hired on January 20th. Yeah, and then he got by hired Tulane, by Tulane. Then, <laughs> then he got hired by, by. That was a long run there. By Tulane. Um, and yeah, now he's in the door, out the door, going to Miami. That's unbelievable. And when you think about it, if, if you can, if you. I believe they were top uh, 10 this year. Okay. If, if you can get that guy to come in and coordinate at this yeah. higher level, then obviously you're doing something good. But let's just put it on the on the face, not on the whole, but on the face. 
They lost a massively good recruiter through yeah. the years. I don't know if he's still a good recruiter, but a massively good recruiter through the years and certainly a very good defensive mind that you were very well aware of uh, in the South in, in Kevin Steele. Did you guys hire an OC yet, JJ? No. Um, this guy's defense at Marshall finished second uh, nationally oh, in the top okay. 10 in 12 different categories. Well, smoke Tommy Reese and the boys, that's yeah. for sure. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 Seeing yeah. some various other reporters, college football reporters on the Twitter machine saying it's a good get. So, therefore, it must be real. Mm-hmm. I didn't even get to ask you, JJ, since I wasn't here yesterday, but I, tw- I texted you Saturday night about Kevin Steele departing. Uh, are you going to change your pinned tweet? I think it already is. Oh, you did? Yeah. He's got a manager for that. That's why he's, he's yeah, not completely Yeah, actually, sure. I'm Brady-ish. Yeah. Yeah. I got people that run that yeah, stuff. Exactly. So I totally get it. I totally. Get but you it. do love Kevin Steele. So how how did you feel? He wasn't. We talked about it yesterday. He he's he didn't have a great season. He's a guy that's like, you know, a uh, mercenary type dude. Goes into a place for a year. Goes to another place for a year. I'm not shocked by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. JJ's done everything on Kane football. Mm-hmm. He's done yeah, about everything. Exactly. And he's 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 trying to be I'm measured. I'm hyped that Josh Gaddis is gone. Yeah. But besides that, whatever. Yeah, he is right now under the heading of uh, I, I don't care what's next. I'm just happy that that's in the past. In the <laughs> yes, I've closed that chapter yep. in life. Well, let's pivot then to uh, a guy that neither the University of Miami or the University of Florida will have to deal with, yes. at least on the field, and that is one Jaden Rashada. Uh, Matt, kind of give us a primer of the latest twist, the latest story to come out with regards to the five-star quarterback. It's no different. It's it's you know that he was offered, what, 13 13- Thirteen million. Uh, the first year was like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. All these numbers can be a thrown month, out. A there. month can be yeah, thrown so out there, but he's not the the guy that runs that. The guy that actually uh, monetarily supports that collective never knew about it and laughed at it when he heard it. Mm-hmm. So it's not even. I can't help it's, it. It's literally you're still dealing with what the guy wanted. Right. And whether he convinced the guy who runs the collective, not the guy who fuels it with cash, to do something like that, mm-hmm. who cares? Yeah. At it, the end of the day, he's got to go to the guy that has the money and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. At that point, the guy that has the money says, uh, no, we're not. Yeah, I would love to see the details if they are real and and whether there's – I, I doubt there's a document that's been signed that will be produced. I, I doubt it. But still, I love the juiciness of this. So this is Stuart Mandel, Andy Staples, trying to get Andy on tomorrow – uh, but this is from the story, okay, that their report revealed details of Rashada's former NIL deal. Again, this is how they're reporting this uh, with the Gator Collective as follows. Rashada would receive a $500,000 upfront payment. He Signing would then He would then receive $291,666.66 per month as a sophomore. Rashada would receive $375,000 per month as a junior. If relevant, Rashada would receive $195,833 per month as a senior. And he could, of course, enter the NFL draft before he got to that actual payday there. So I love all the details. Well, well here's the thing. How does an 18-, 19-year-old kid know how much money he needs per month if he doesn't have adults in his Because he's got a visor. And of course a, he does. An advisor in of his Of course ear. he does. I mean, listen, I mean, he doesn't even have a house. He ain't got no car note. He ain't got no mortgage. He's got no payments. So you been to needs- Publix lately? <laughs> I don't know. So I'm, I'm saying. Listen, so I'm I, saying. I know. So I'm saying. I, he might need that 
250,000 a month. That's another show for another day. Which is absolutely crazy to me because my first contract with the Steelers was actually that. And that was being paid in the fourth month period, not in the whole year period. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's 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 ridiculous. It is So whoever is producing the numbers, it's it's entertaining to say the least. Now, for this money that he will get, that 750 or that 500,000 up front, 291,000 per month as a sophomore, uh, he must live in Gainesville. These are the details. Uh, he must make at least one branded Instagram post and at least one branded Twitter post per month. Now, that is not asking too much, is it? And he also got a house, right? Isn't there a yeah. house in there too somewhere? Well, he, he needs His to make – parents got a house? He mu- well, they got to live in Gainesville. But must make up to eight appearances at fan engagement events per year. <clears throat> none of which would be over two hours of length. And that's also, again, reasonable. They also can be video conference, well, so he doesn't even actually have to go. I'm, 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 thinking, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking a lot of these NL, NIL deals yeah. should be incentive-based. I mean, you, you're just giving a, cat, a kid money just for the sake of giving them money. Oh, these are incentive-based. He has no, to no. autograph up to 15 no, oh, no, pieces no. I'm talking a about year. On yeah. the field. Yeah. I need yeah. some stats. This, yeah, this really isn't asking too much. He just needs to autograph up to 15 merchandise oh, I'm sure he's going to sprain his wrist. Caleb, sprain, Caleb, sprain his wrist doing that. Listen, listen, Caleb Williams, who's in the best market for NIL, yeah. LA, who won the Heisman, who had his team one game away from the playoff, mm. isn't, isn't making close to that. Not even close yeah. to that, okay? Understand. So, again, I, you just got to understand. You're maintaining it's a You have to understand. It's, no, what I'm maintaining, what I've maintained all along mm-hmm. is you've got, quote-unquote, advisors, okay, who know there is no market. Right. There's no market right now in NIL. Yeah. So all they do is they throw stuff out there, and they get specific people to parrot it. And the more you parrot it, the more <laughs> the people who are running college football collectives think, okay, well, we got to pay this because this guy got that. Mm-hmm. But but well, apparently, at least as far as you're concerned, well, no one's well, following. No one's falling into right, that trap. Right. I, I think I think what happened actually is it's backfired on them because mm-hmm. I think what the, what would happen is this thing is so ridiculous. Okay, it's so absolutely ridiculous that the collectors around the country are going, wait a second, it, we are not getting to this point but, right but, now. But is it ridiculous because it's no different than what an agent would do if he had the NFL player? He's going to make a outrageous. Uh, Bro, this would be like like Trevor's agent asking for four hundred million or five hundred million. But I'm saying, I'm I'm just saying, in the in the spirit of negotiating, you know, there's no spirit there. I'm just just saying, I'm saying agents do that all the time. Yeah, you. Trevor's agent will ask for five hundred million. Oh, he will. You should have probably went with a different number, but based on like quarterback. Uh, Okay, okay, one billion. How about that? Okay, there. There you go. But but the deal is, Leon, in the NFL, we already have precedent. Like we have players that you can compare your contract to that are on your level. I I know. Matt's saying with this, this is so new that these agents are handlers or whatever. What I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is the same agents that are handling. NFL players are they'll create their own little binary company because I know Start Drew, handling these guys. they handle these guys. Yeah. So the I same. First off, the, the guys same. they're handling these kids are not agents. Okay, that's number I know, one. No, but but the agents, mostly, I'm the telling you, they're parents or just Van guys. Dyke, okay, Van Dyke got his BMW from NIL Drew How Rosenhaus Sports, which is another entity that he yeah. created. They will be NIL. handling them. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. So Jaden Rashada, even though he's not getting money from Arizona State, correct? He, he still could uh, he potentially. Might. I don't know. Who he's knows? still potentially. Well, so yeah. What can we clarify that? Like, what was the? Because wasn't there also speculation that because of the contract he signed with Miami, 
that he would not be able to accrue money through NIL elsewhere. Well, they I don't had to know, give $125,000 back to Miami, allegedly. That's Which what Ruiz, it says in this athletic. Ruiz says article. it's not true. The athletic. Not, you know, he didn't. That's not even close to the amount of money he was offered. It was something like. So, I, I don't know. He, he answered it something like Sammy Sosa did when he was in front of Congress. I don't speak English. Yeah. No hablo inglés. <laughs> it was uh, something like that. <laughs> or Mark I mean, McGuire I mean, Sometimes when you read his tweets, <laughs> I'm not here to talk thing, about the past. Exactly. exactly. Again, we're going to try to get Andy Staples, who wrote that great story uh, on The Athletic, on tomorrow. He's a little busy today, obviously, in light of the story breaking, but we will have him on tomorrow in the 2 o'clock hour of XL Primetime. Keep those submissions on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures coming with your thoughts on LeBron as well as what you would ask at Super Bowl I got one. Media Day. Oh, you yeah. got one. Let's yeah, I got do it. Ho- Jose from Tampa. He says, Mr. Reed, did you take art class to learn how to draw those mustaches? I like that because that's that State Farm commercial. When he flicks the pin, it's the worst acting job you've ever seen, but it's Andy Reed and he certainly gets away with it, which is cool. And of course, we appreciate all the LeBron talk as well. I had somebody try to tell me that uh, we, we don't care about basketball here in, in the state of Florida. I was like, well, first of all, you don't care about basketball because the Florida Gators are middle of the pack in the SEC and mm-hmm. Florida State's having a down year. Otherwise, you people care about basketball. Uh, second, when it comes to the association, I think it comes down to there are certain cult heroes that transcend yeah. the sport. I'm a fan. They've done a fantastic job of marketing, and for all our baseball fans out there, I wish they could have done the same thing for Mike Trout and company mm-hmm. because maybe we could talk about them in that same light then. But alas, here we are. Do you think LeBron will be breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record tonight, or will he wait till he is in primetime on Thursday? Hit the text line, 641-1010, with your thoughts on that. I've got a couple Pro Bowl, oh, Pro Bowl, wow, Super Bowl prop bets that mm-hmm. I want to throw at you guys. Curious to get your take on that. We got those coming up in the 1 o'clock hour of XL Primetime right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. We see the sun, day or night. Keep it going. So when you call up that shrimp in Beverly Hills, you were the one who got everything to be all right. Said, ask him how much your time is left. Ask him how much you mind, baby. Because in this life, things are much harder than the afterworld. And in this life, you're on your own. By the way, wildly <laughs> underrated guitar player. And if the elevator Great. tries to bring you down, what, you, what happens? Leon you go Cersei crazy. also criminally underrated singer. It's my song right Book here. Him, sign me him. He can jam. That yes. was one uh, you could call it a walk-up song in baseball, but that was his prime song. Oh, absolutely. Prime for the game. That was Welcome to the Jungle. and uh, That's pretty fight, good. Oh, yeah, Fight the Power. What was oh. the last one? Before let's you hit crazy. the field. Let's yeah. go crazy. Let's go crazy. Yeah. yeah. And that's when you had a little skip in your step. Oh, you yeah. Were, that's when you were light. Light on the feet, baby. Yeah. yeah Stick a move. Ready. Stick a move. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so uh, on a Tuesday, welcome in. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. Two great dealerships mm. every day of the week. You can count on the ride, the look, the price, and then also the people to go along with it, the service to back it up. BeaverChevrolet.com, BeaverToyotaStAugustine.com. So it's a Tuesday. They always bring you Tuesday show, but Tuesday Super Bowl week, Big Sirs. What was going on? You said you had the the media day, well, and then what happens after? Yeah, that? Yeah, well, what we what we tried to do when uh, we was in Pittsburgh, we tried to keep everything as normal. As Tuesday was usually a day off, so ultimately uh, Tuesday was your day off. So most of the time we was in Arizona. Guys went and uh, played golf in the mornings. Mm-hmm. 
play golf, but there was also opportunities at the hotel where the treadmills were there, all the elliptical stuff was there where you can get a workout in, mm-hmm. get some more filming or whatever. But guy, guys utilize the time to uh, uh, sightsee with the families, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff, whatever. And then we had the media day in the middle of all that. you know. So we had the two-hour media day from two, well, four to six, where if your name was on the list, you had to be participating. Mm-hmm. You had you had to partake in it, or you would get fined because mm-hmm. it was contractually. You had to engage with the media in your contract, yeah. And this this was no different. But there was a two hour window where uh, you know the media would ask you questions about uh, you know about the game, and you know you get you get all ball questions like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But then you get, get uh, questions that were essential to you know the actual game on Sunday. And um, right. I was just, I was trying to stir the pot myself. Uh, I was trying to stir the pot a little bit, poke the bear a little bit. You know, I, I was a little irate the fact that I was going to be playing a, a Cowboy team that had a lot of my former teammates on it, mm-hmm. Michael Irvin, Russell Maryland, Darren Smith, those type of guys. And I, I mentioned the fact that they used to show their rings, you know, I get agitated, irritated of seeing their Super Bowl rings, and I was saying that I was hopefully I could get me one one day, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, but but that was it. That was Tuesday, and then um, you know Tuesday would have been tr- treated just like a Monday, so to say, ex- except, ex- except for the media day. Mm-hmm. And then there was still no curfew, so you could still spend time out or whatever. Uh, it was a festive time, so you got out and enjoyed it or whatever. But the uh, the, the the Monday and Tuesday was kind of your the benchmark for all your fun. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. understood that after Tuesday. It was, it was about the business yeah. of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, and that was out in Tempe back in the day, and it's now in Glendale on the other side of Phoenix. And you got uh, opening night last night, and they'll start to go into their preparations, that's for sure. we got prop bets coming up a little bit later on. We'll invite a couple of listeners to jump on. Also, J.J. will have the bookie window open later on, and we'll give you a chance to see if you can also make some I forgot that bets. Tuesday as well. I, was, I went to Magic Johnson's party. First time I met Major Johnson, I went to Major Johnson, and here's here's the thing about the party. Now this where this where I felt How like did you forget that. Well, I was at Major Johnson's party, and I remember being in a limo saying that I don't belong in this limo. Okay, I'm reason because I was in a limo with this. Check this out. I was in a limo with Rod Woodson, all right, uh, Cortez Kennedy, and Tim Brown. That's pretty. Good. All right, so. Somebody just didn't fit. <laughs> this gold jacket's everywhere. Uh, one does not look one, like the one other. One does not look what... like the other. That's why I felt like. Yeah, and yeah. we was all on our way to go to go to Magic Johnson's yeah. uh, apartment. Was there like live music? Oh, it was cool. It was the first time I ever met Magic Johnson. You know, Magic. Yeah, it was celebrity. It was live music. It was uh, cocaine. None of that oh. stuff. No, none of that. Come on now. Oh, you're it was, lying. No, I'm, I'm not lying. Well, listen. <laughs> maybe in an upstairs room. Yeah. Maybe but, somewhere. Right, because that, well, that was only like about three years after you know. Why you had to ruin it with, with the white powder? So, I tell you what, I didn't see any. How about right. that? Good, yeah. good answer. Any. Yeah, I didn't see any. But it was cool because I, 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 you know, I was a big Laker fan, mm-hmm. and that was my dream to see Magic. Oh yeah, oh, that, yeah. that is pretty dang cool. Yeah. All right, now on on what we were talking about earlier with the way the Kansas City Chiefs have drafted. That's what this football. Team oh, I thought we were going to talk about LeBron. Mm-hmm. No. No, and by the way, we, the we, we have a poll out. Yeah, let's yes. put it out. Okay, Twitter poll, and I knew this would happen. That's why I did it. I knew just for Matt's sake we did this. He Always needed, he brought to you valid, by Beaver Toyota of St. Totally. Augustine. Yes, and our football fan base has spoken. When will LeBron break the scoring record? Tonight versus OKC, Thursday versus the Bucks, or who cares? Right now, it is close between tonight and who cares, but who cares leading the way? Yeah, that's so funny. That's Am like, I that transparent <laughs> that I needed that? Yeah, you, know you needed it. You needed it in the worst way. And by the way, I'm looking at the I'm looking at LeBron's uh, 
uh, points through the years, most points scored versus the Thunder franchise. He's never scored less than 36 oh, since wow. 2010. Okay? That's a good since stat. Yet magically he'll do that tonight. I, I, yeah. I love it. I love it. Now, the other part, I'm thinking to myself, 36 is hard to get to. Clay Thompson had how many threes last night? A dozen, yeah. and he barely got into the into the forties. So. Did you see that it was like it was funny? He like said something like, "Yeah, the moment I woke up and my right shoe fit, it was mm-hmm. something random." And he, he was it? like, "That's when he knew that he was going to do what he did." Which honestly, like I did that when I was like a little kid. Uh-huh. But I thought it was very it's interesting that day. Clay did. By the way, uh, the average ticket price to get into that Thunder Lakers game tonight seven hundred and thirty one dollars. Yeah, and then we were looking at some of the court sides for when they do break the record, and it's more likely that it'll be the next game. Against the Bucks, JJ, we had what was the price tag, courtside? Like it, tens it was, of thousands of dollars. Yeah, it was. Oh, up there. look at it. Right. It was hefty. Here's the clay. But, to- but the funniest part, sorry to cut you off, would good. be if he breaks it tonight. Oh, I know. Yeah. And then you just spent. Uh, so maybe he'll tie it. He'll score dude, thirty-five. Yeah, one dude spent a thousand dollars for a load no, management game. No, not a thousand dollars. Like yeah. fifty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, one dude put in for two, and it was in the. Uh, 12 grand neighborhood, something like that. I'm surprised he hasn't already said he's not going to play tonight because he wants to break it in yeah. Milwaukee. Uh, that Clay Thompson quote, well, by the way. Well, they're both in L.A. Yeah. It, yeah. Right, right, just, yeah. It but will be on the TNT Bucks. and it will be against yeah, the Akron The Clay Thompson quote, um, every pregame when I'm doing a little warm-up, I flip a kettlebell to see if it lands upright. Tonight it did, so I knew I would have a good game tonight. Mm-hmm. Felt lucky. Mm. That's good. Okay, Superstitions. $25,000, Matt. Is that what it was? $25,000. For the Bucks game. Imagine uh, if he breaks it tonight. And he breaks it tonight. And then I he says, I'm going, load, I'm going load management tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, exactly. doesn't even play. Well, and pl- you know, they'll, they'll, put, they'll put that up on the secondary market to make about 10 cents on the dollar is what they'll be doing. Uh, all right, back to the draft that we were talking about with, with the uh, Jags and comparing it to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have kicked butt. I don't, I don't care who's in charge there. They have constantly, it could be John Dorsey and, and, and beyond, they have gone out and found good players at year after year after year. So off the text line, designed by Lime Tive Enclosures, uh, Leon is preaching right now. Got to approach each draft with a sense of urgency. I recall here in the 2018 draft we were saying uh, there were many holes and we just need more depth and wasted to pick on Taven Bryant. That's what it boils down to. You've got to make sure every single year. You can't just hit on the first one. You can't just hit on the first two or three. You got to hit on as many of them as you possibly can. And you got to develop them. I mean, not only your first and second round players, but your third, fourth, see, all those guys that make your team. They got to be developed. They've got to be integral parts of your offense or your defense. Where no matter where you draft them, mm-hmm. and that's why we, we had stability when when I was playing. We drafted well. We got good free agents for the most part. I mean, you. I mean, you. Hardy, Brackens, Beasley, Wynn. I mean, all those type of guys were integral parts of a building that nice little run. You're going to get a four or five year window. Yeah. When you got a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, you got you got windows. You absolutely got to make sure because you were close. I say I keep saying that when you watch the AFC Championship game, it was it wasn't neither one of those teams were that impressive. We were, we was on their heels. Right. On both, we could have been on both of their heels. Whether we had beat Kansas City and going to Cincinnati, we had the opportunity to go to Super Bowl. So that. Knowing that into the offseason, the Jaguars got to approach it like, hey, we're close and we need to keep building on this. Don't sit back and pat yourself on the back and sprain your wrist. Right. You know, pat yourself yeah. on your back. You know, you still got work to do to bring in some key guys that are going to help build this franchise, not only as starters, but could also provide depth. Uh, let's play a bite from Christian Kirk, uh, who is doubling as Rodney Dangerfield. And he was on Kay Adams' show. And I. I 
I love when guys will say that they're that they're disrespected because that's basically kind of what that's their fuel in a lot of ways. But Christian Kirk, I kind of think that he believes it. Here's what he had to say about remember he got that big offseason signing. He vaulted to the top of the wide receiver pay chart or was very close to the top. And, and here's what he had to say to Kay Adams. I still feel like I don't get the respect that I deserve. And it's kind of been that way. And, you know, with all the noise and after I signed my deal this offseason, it was, you know, it was the loudest. And then now, you know, especially with the season that I had, you know, started getting real quiet and everybody kind of, you know, kind of hushed a little bit. But I just uh, – I want my respect. You know, I feel like I'm one of the, the best receivers in the NFL, and that's the way I play. That's the chip that I carry on my shoulder, and um, I'm, I'm going to keep earning it. I don't mind that. No. I hope it keeps getting just disrespected. Yeah. It keeps having the years that he had last year. Yeah. You know, but, but he did. He opened – when he got that contract, he opened that Pandora's box to all the other wide receivers to say, hey, listen, this guy's getting this money. I should be getting this money. I mean, he, he influenced a lot of trades. And a lot of guys holding out because of the contract that he got yeah. with the Jaguars. And we had to overpay to bring him here, which is cool because he's lived up to the contract thus far. Because A.J. Brown went to Philly after mm. that. Right. Because they couldn't afford to pay and him. And Tyreek went to Miami. Exactly. And Devontae Adams went to mm. Las Vegas. And yeah. for all our talk of Aaron Rodgers on the 12 o'clock hour, yeah. um, you know, the word on the street is, is he going to go to Vegas now mm. Yeah. to go team up with his old buddy? Yeah, and so Kirk came through free agency. Now this team's got to make it happen through the draft. But let's just at least stay on the subject because Christian Kirk was paid like a number one coming into this town, and he said basically he wants to you know get the, give me give me my respect. Is he going to be the number one when someone else shows up when Calvin Ridley is fully reinstated to the National Football League, which is right now just days away? So let's get into all that coming up. It's XL Primetime. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Playlist yeah. in full force on a Tuesday edition. impress me. Sing this one. XL Primetime. Oh, I know. Don't act Go ahead. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, see, it I ends. Know, I know the lyrics. When you, when you got to start like copying Axel, that's where it ends. Bro, I know the I know the, I know the lyrics to so. He's got to be by himself. He's got to yeah, be exactly, exactly. For, exactly. for the nooners that just tuned in, Leon, remind yeah. us again your pregame playlist. My, my pregame pre-lit yeah. playlist was Fight the Power, Public Enemy. It was uh, Welcome to the Jungle and uh, Let's Go Crazy. Those were the three songs. Every game since I was in the league, I would listen to those songs before I play in the locker room. Spans the gamut of musical genres, yeah, it does, too. absolutely. I'm impressed. Yes. I'm impressed. A man mm-hmm. of many tastes. Nice. A man mm-hmm. of many tastes. Um, before we circle back to the Jaguars and the draft talk and, of course, the Christian Kirk number one wide receiver discussion that was had on uh, Up and Adams, Kay Adams' new show on FanDuel, do you want to give a shout-out? To our good friends over at the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, Zoomf, which is an analytics company that measures brand awareness and growth on all the various social channels, has the Jaguars ranked third in terms of total growth and follower followership over the past season. Yeah, so, and- well, a round of applause for the Jag social yes. team. Yes, um, they are up 4.4 percent in growth, um, right behind the Cincinnati Bengals, 6.94 percent. 
And the Buffalo Bills at 21.18%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and look, the Bills crush it. They have created a, a very nice movement up there. You can't deny them, give them uh, the credit that they deserve. Uh, I would not be uh, hoisting my whole entire body uh, onto tables that are going to collapse to the asphalt, but that's, that's their deal. That's how they do it. That's how they roll. But the beautiful <clears throat> thing about what has happened with this football team, what does that mean? What does what Mia just put out there numbers-wise mean? They are winning football games. People are paying attention. They have a star, an absolute star in Trevor Lawrence. I mean, these are simple things, right? You start winning. How did the Buffalo Bills increase their, their uh, you know, whatever spot out there in the NFL consciousness? From winning. How did the Cincinnati Bengals do it? They went from last in their division to first in their division, and then they went to the Super Bowl. I actually think the Bills is a different reason this year. Well, I think it was all the Demar Hamlin stuff. Oh yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, okay, that's true. I guess I was thinking it was year to year, but that 100. percent That's why it probably would have grown. Which, by that the much. way, Bill's that's true. Bill's owner uh, Kim Pagula apparently also suffered um, a cardiac arrest uh, medical incident in 2022. Her daughter, who's a professional tennis player, mm-hmm. penned an article in um, the Players Tribune this morning. Right. So. Uh, interesting, fascinating. They've been through it, huh? Yeah, that the Bills also had that going on before wow. DeMar Hamlin. So uh, I do agree with you that, J.J., or the stats are skewed because they either just started a TikTok or they just started an Instagram, which I don't think is the case for the latter. Um, but I do agree. I think transcending sports there is probably why it's such an astronomical number for them compared That's to the other teams. That's a huge Yeah. Right, exactly. All right, back to the Jags. Christian Kirk went on up in K Adams, up in Adams. I'm going to butcher the name of that, and I'm apparently supposed to be on the show in a couple of weeks, so that's hilarious. Um, says he wants to be a number one wide receiver. He don't get no respect. I'll say this much. There's two number one wide receivers down in Miami. They seem to be hanging out pretty harmoniously, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. Would you agree not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're fine. So I, I don't, don't think, think it's a matter even... of he can't coexist with Calvin Ridley if Calvin Ridley comes back and is the Calvin Ridley of old. But I think this is more so just him saying, I proved you all wrong. Yeah. It's 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 a little recognition, please. And I, I, don't, I don't mind it at all. And if we use him as a Rodney Dangerfield uh, description, the Jaguars are Rodney Dangerfield, too. The Jaguars are like, give me a little respect. And so this football team has got to fight for it. They are now getting more of it. And if they keep winning, they'll get well, more. Well, don't ask for it. Go take it. Just, yeah. again, no, no, no one's going to give it to you. Just take it. Yeah. Right. Like this, catch this the ball against Kansas City. Oh, Lord, there, there was opportunities where, you know, he could have put some respect on his yeah. name. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to call him out, J.J. <laughs> a good job calling him out, J.J. He's supposed to catch that ball. If you're the number one receiver that you say you are, and those pivotal, crucial moments of the game, you got to make that catch it and decide to take it. And it was, it was drawn up and called twice against the Chiefs. Once yes. in the regular season, once in the postseason. So, yeah, if you want to shout yourself out and say, hey, I need to be given a little credit, then you're yeah, right. It's yeah, criticism yeah. with credit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Both See, I, I, here's the thing. I think, he's, I think he had a great season. And he, he has every right to go out there and say that. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people doubt him. I doubt him. A lot of people did. Mm-hmm. So, I think he has every right to do that. I will say this, however. To me, a, a one receiver – is a guy that you stick on the outside and that can beat any coverage. Can beat any coverage and a guy that on 50-50 balls is going to get him his majority of them. I don't know that he's that guy. That yeah. doesn't mean he's not a great receiver. Right. I just don't know that he's that guy that goes out there and does that. Well, if you think about it in uh, size-wise, and this is just size-wise, and I don't even know speed-wise, he's probably – I think a lot of guys give up speed to Tyreek Hill. Okay, he's the cheetah after all. But we're talking about a comparable skill set. Works out of the slot. Little smaller, yes, I think it's 100% quick, fair to say that. All yes. that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, 
Tyreek may win more of those 50-50 balls you're talking about. It's hard to have that guy that size go win 50-50 balls. He can be open and make those plays, those dynamic plays. But when you're talking about, like, you're describing Matt Tyreek's not for a, the ball. Tyreek's not a go up and – he's not a high point guy. Yeah. He's not a guy to go but up But is he a number one wide receiver? I, I mean – because Waddle has proven that he's he's as, also a number one yeah, wide receiver. Exactly. Okay, let, let's, I, I, but but again, I don't I don't know that Waddle's a guy that can go out on the outside and high point like that. Mm-hmm. They're they're two very similar players. Those guys, right? Okay, so let's pivot to two other very similar players, and it's certainly a discussion. T. Topic. Higgins is a guy Aaron, on the outside, you. big that can high point balls and go get balls. Are you reading yeah. my mind? Yes. Yeah, that's that's kind of what you're. That's kind of what you see. A guy that can work the intermediate and work the deep mm-hmm. and force safeties. To get off their mark and to not creep up. But we're not going to call him a number one, though. Well, that's what I was going to say. Who's the number one in Cincinnati? Jamar. It's Jamar. I mean, because he can do that, too. Yeah. Right. And he's better. He he has jets and jump. Okay, jets and jump. He's probably the best receiver in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I put Justin Jefferson up there Mm. right now. Remember when they were on the same team? That was fun. It's it's crazy. That's scary. Yeah, it really is. Why weren't we talking about that more mm. in the moment? I mean, we were, but like. I mean, we were. The guy threw 60 touchdown passes that year. Think about that. Yeah, Yeah, we totally were talking about that. But the fact that they've all translated the way they have to the NFL, we should have seen it coming, but it's also remarkable. I think what's even more amazing is go back and look at what they were the year before. Yes. I just, I just remember okay, when LSU didn't have a quarterback. I mean, they won ten games throw. and well, they won the and they won the Fiesta Bowl. But you're right, they yeah. weren't anywhere close to what they were. I just remember that we took Chase on over Justin Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, that part. Took the wrong LSU yeah, we, player. Yes, we did. Because, uh, Dave. Like imagine 16 with Justin Jefferson. Oh, well, you never would have had 16. If you had Justin Jefferson, you never would have had 16. Yeah. So you can forget about yeah. it. Yeah, that is true. But you no, I have no a few more. I have no concerns with regards to Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley coexisting. Now, I don't oh, know. No, I don't either. I don't know Calvin Ridley. I don't know his personality. <clears throat> but I can tell you this. And again, as I reported on XL Primetime here on 1010XL, like, I was told that Christian Kirk is one of the players who Trevor had a discussion with a mm-hmm. few weeks ago about, hey, would you be open to restructuring because we want to make sure we get Evan back? And mm-hmm. if Evan Ingram is back in the rotation, that opens up opportunities for you. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, maybe this is also a guy who, again, he's going to get the money in some form if he restructures and he takes the money up front. But, again, maybe this is a guy who, you know, wants to prove that he is a number one, even if he's going to be a team player when it comes to dollars and cents. Yeah, I, I think if they renegotiate, you're talking about the big money guys that will be asked to do this, and if they get that little up front that Leon always talks about, then it's much more they're going to be much more agreeable to it. And they do have to get into that shared idea that we're doing something together. We're building. And if I just shove a little bit back into the center of, of the table and we can divvy it up, somebody else gets a little more cheese and cheddar, then let's go play. I, I, I think that they will embrace that. Not all of them, because I think you've said this before, Leon. There's going to be something that's going to go, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you, if you restructure your deal, you're, you're lowering your base. You're taking the cash up front, but you're going to be lowering your base salary. And if your base salary is from uh, 12 to 5, right. it's going to be hard to get that base back up there. Yeah, because let me just give you an example of what you're saying, okay? Right now, like let's just use – Evan Ingram as an example. Um, his salary this year was 9.2, okay? And so they're going to have to figure out, obviously, if they tag him, it's going to be a little bit of an increase in money. Mm-hmm. But if you take a look at Christian Kirk and you take a look at his base, 
in the salary, it's a considerable considerable amount more. Mm-hmm. But if they give him some money up front, take that off, then the next contract he's looking at is going to be less on average, like you're describing. Well, you, you kind of know as a player if this was your last big deal or not. Mm-hmm. So you'll be a little bit more lenient in restructuring your deal because you figure you won't get that base again if you take that if you take that restructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marvin, twelve and a half. We all know that you know that was the expiring contract. He was his salary this year was six million. You know that he's probably well he's he's a free agent, <clears> so that's not even going to be part of the equation. But that's the type of stuff that they got to look around and figure out where they're going to put that type of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It ain't easy. And yeah. if you want to get, bring Jawan back as well. And oh that's my the million-dollar yes. question. And it's, yeah. at this point in time, like I've said, I think he's a priority for them. But I think that they are going to have to tag him because I don't foresee a situation where the money that he thinks he's going to be offered on the open market, the Jaguars are going to match that number. They're going to have to tag him to keep him from getting to the free agent market. It's really the only way that they can combat that because most people out there, not most people, but the people who want – to get that right tackle taken care of are going to have the money that 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 is available in their salary cap situation compared to this one. So this team's going to have to tag him. I mean, look, I I mean I I know that Joe Burrow made the joke of you know my entire career is my window, but there's a window right now at this franchise. There's a lot of young players that in two years are going to want to get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of guys that can demand that too. Sure. So I mean they've got to win, and and maybe even as soon as next year. Next year or 24, if it's not one of those two years, yeah. you're going to have to start really letting go of people you don't want to let go of. Yeah. And Burrow mm. will be experiencing that same thing. Even yeah, though he says of course he will, yeah. even though he says that. Yeah, yeah. but now I say that, but there's a reason that the Patriots year after year after year figured out a way to make it work. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a reason that the 49ers year after year after year figured out to make well, a way to make it work. Why do you think T. Higgins is right now chirping just a little bit? Because he knows the numbers – aren't looking good for everybody to be brought back. And so he right. wants to see if he can get his payday earlier than the others because he was drafted lower. So I get that. Fascinating mm-hmm. to see both uh, Trevor and Travis Etienne maybe quietly stumping mm-hmm. to bring T. Higgins to Jacksonville. Uh, I'd, I'd be all right with that. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> I'd be all right with that. All right, hey, Big Sirs. I, I got a quick bet you before I leave. Oh, oh let's oh, do it. it is. Yeah. Oh. Time now for a yes. funky fact. Yes. Get funky with Funky mm. Buddha. All right. I, I don't normally do these, so I found the I like opportunity to, to pull this one off. So I love it. All right, so Fire Patrick Mahomes, this is his third Super Bowl. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, he's won one, he's lost one. Yes. If he loses one, if he loses next Sunday, right? He, unfortunately, he's going to be in the three-time loser club for Super Bowl losses. Mm-hmm. Now, can you give me the four other teams that have lost at least – have lost three Super, super Bowls, only three? Oh, because the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl before Mahomes got there. The Cowboys have lost four, I think. So they're not one, right? So you're saying three or more? No, three. Just three. Three three. time losers. Three time losers. Just three time losers. And the franchises you're looking for. The franchises, yes. All right. (sighs) Well, the Bills have four falls, so it's not them. Vikings have four losses. By the way, the Chiefs' first loss, one of the greatest sports photos ever at halftime, the quarterback smoking a cigarette. While enjoying a soda. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Uh, I don't think that's right. Uh, Chiefs, you're talking? Yeah. Len Dawson. Len Dawson. Len Dawson. Len Dawson, yeah. I'm yes. going Vikings. It's four teams. It's four teams, actually. Yeah. Four teams that have lost three. Three so. Super Bowls. Okay. So the Chiefs, if they lose Sunday, they'll be the three times. Right, I'm going to put the Dolphins up as one of them. I'm going to okay. put the Patriots up because Parcells and then also um, the two with Brady. The Colts. Mm. Earlier. They lost three with Brady. Right. Well, that's. No, they and then no. one with Parcells. No, it was the two to the Giants and then the Eagles. They got smoked. Oh right, way back I forgot about when. that. Yeah, I forgot about that. 
The Colts are one. I'm going really Colts, believe that because Vikings. they won the first Super Bowl. They lost two. No, they lost the it. You're right. They, they lost, lost two. It. And then they lost, they lost one the Cowboys to the too. Lost one to the Saints. And to the Cowboys. That's three. All right. I'm going to say gonna... San Francisco. We got Colts, Dolphins. I like San Francisco. Okay. All right. Some good, good, good answers. Good answers. Okay. Number one, Cowboys have lost three Super Bowls. Okay. I thought they lost four. Wow. Oh, they lost three. Super Bowl 71, 76, 79. Okay. Cowboys. The second one is the Rams. Oh, wow. Super Bowl 80, 1980, 2002, and 2019. Oh, recently, yeah. The third one, the Bengals. They lost three Super Bowls. 82, 89, and 2002. Two to the 49ers, and then this one. And the last one, the Dolphins. Yeah, so I did get one. They lost 83, 85, 72. All right, so I get at least an abbreviated yes. Colts have only lost two Super Bowls. Unfortunately, this is the Super Bowl losers, and we're on this list, too. So that's the reason why I came up with it. So the Colts lost one with Peyton, right? Uh, yeah, they lost it to the Saints. Okay, they lost to the Dolphins, too, right? No, they lost No, they lost. No, they lost to the Cowboys. Cowboys, yeah. Those only two. Like 60-something. Those are the only two? Only two, yeah. Wow. Now, do you know the teams that the two teams that lost the most Super Bowls ever? I would say. Well, the Colts also lost to Joe Namath, but I guess that's Baltimore Colts. What two teams have lost the most Super Bowls? Yeah, they did. It's a tie. Actually. The Vikings. No, no. The Broncos. The Broncos. Yeah. By the way, by the way, I think we found a flaw in your. Uh, yeah, the Broncos yeah, are no up flaw. there. The Broncos and the Patriots. The Patriots. Okay, yes. they did. They have lost that many. Because the Colts lost one with Peyton. But I think that was the Baltimore Colts. <laughs> Doesn't so matter. They're still the, the Colts. The Colts are the Colts. Eh, different franchises. With one with Peyton, one to the Cowboys. No, they were the Baltimore Colts with the Cowboys. They lost to the okay. Jets too. Yes, that was Joe Namath calling his score. Right? They lost the Jets, the They're Cowboys, and then one with Pey- and one with uh, Peyton. I don't remember them losing. The they didn't Cowboys. lose the Cowboys. The Cowboys no. lost to them. The Cowboys yeah. lost to them. Yes, yeah. in '71. Oh yeah. wow! Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, because the only ones they lost. Oh, was... that's what. That's right. That's one of the three. See, this yeah. guy yeah. comes right. in with a bet show once every blue moon, and Matt has to try to try to chop. <laughs> no, when you said that, I was kind of like, wait a second, that's three then. Yeah. Well, what's funny is I said to somebody over the weekend, I was like, the beauty of our show is all four of us can be the analyst. All four of us can host. We yeah. have all have our areas of expertise. Well, mm-hmm. Leon proving. All four of us layer. can lead the way. Another layer to another Leon. Layer. A singer and a trivia man. You never yeah. know what he's going to do at the end of a show. He could yeah. retire. Yeah, exactly. That's a great <laughs> point. I was going, yeah. by the way, I was, going, just leave. I was going back through our social posts from last yeah. week. There are more people who saw the Leon's retiring and leaving video than those that actually saw the just kidding, we were kidding video. Yeah. So I'm sure there's still some folks floating around His out best there. His best line oh, I still got people, was... I still got people saying uh, good luck at uh, <laughs> In CR. In Costa Rica. CR. down there. Bro, real quick on the, t- on the text line, okay? How did Leon consume the music? Was it on an iPod, an MP3 player, or a CD? One of those, remember the portable CD players? Yeah, that's what I did. CD player. CD player. That's so awesome. And I would CD just play with uh, yeah. like you have on? Yeah. <laughs> and I just would switch the songs out. It's the best. It's yeah. the best. All, All right, Big. Right. Enjoy it. He's out at Leon Cersei Jr. One. You can find him on the gram as well. It is XL Primetime. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. They bring you today's show. We got Coach Campo. He'll definitely have some Super Bowl stories. We will get him coming up in the two o'clock hour. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL.
Leon Searcy off for the day, but we'll keep the pump-up playlist vibes flowing. And while Joe C. steps out and picks up his lunch, uh, and now he's stepping back into the studio, this is a prime opportunity for me to pivot to the topic I really need Matt Hayes' take on. And then Joe's going to roll his eyes, and JJ's going to go, Oh, my God! Did you see the news out of Iowa City yesterday, Matt? Oh, my God! So, so... Apparently, there has been an... I wrote about it today in Saturday Tradition, Look at that! Look at that timing! How perfect. We can bring it to a broader spectrum because I do think there are other schools, Florida, Miami, that are facing similar situations that the University of Iowa is, although probably not to that extent. Um, So in case you missed it, the University of Iowa has amended offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz's contract. It now includes a $50,000 pay cut mandate... Of the that Iowa needs to score at least twenty five points per game. How much is he getting paid? I uh, I believe. Let's just say. Let's let's pull it up. Let's yeah. pull it up. Thank, shout out to Scott Docterman of the Athletic for doing all the. Uh, well, let's just say it's a heavy million. lifting on this. Yeah. yeah. So let's, just, let's say it's nine hundred. So his salary dropped to eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars from nine hundred. Okay, so from nine to hey, honey, uh, I got a pay raise. Uh, wait a minute, I thought you just lost fifty thousand dollars. Well, I was about to get fired. So I got a pay raise. That's basically how you got to look at this thing. Iowa averaged 17.7 points per game this year. That ranked 123rd nationally. The year before, they averaged 23.4 points per game. In the shortened 2020 season, they averaged about 31 points per game. Again, that was in the shortened Big Ten only season. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that there's this mandate now that 25 points, that's the threshold. If he can do that, he gets uh, the money. But here's where there's an issue. There's a couple issues, of course, inherently with this, Joe. But the fact of the matter is, is that Iowa's defense basically has averaged a touchdown per game mm-hmm. over that'll the past help. three seasons. That contributes. Okay, that'll help. He He's at least got to say they yes. They also had the Big Ten well, returner of the year yeah. two of the last three seasons. Well, he's going to say yes, and that also counts. that he might be able to get some manufactured points from either special teams or defense. But... Is that a three-game total that he has to score 25 points? No, no. It's for the whole season. Uh-huh, 25 points per game. Oh, I was just thinking 25 points over a three-game stretch. No, 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 no. 25 points because needs they to averaged... be the final number in 2023. Yeah. That's that's the threshold. Because they averaged about eight per game for a while. So I was figuring it was a three-game total. By the way, to get to 52% points. of the Power 5 teams, okay? So I did this. Mm-hmm. went over this last night. It's in my... Comments already tradition. 52% of the Power 5 teams averaged 25 or more points a game. Yeah. Okay? It's ridiculous. His, 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 other, his other goal, goal, Joe, mm-hmm. goal, yeah. is 7-5 and five record for Iowa. Yeah. And 62% of the Power 5 teams won at least eight games. Yeah, it's a hell of a thing. When so, Iowa, Iowa now is basically, because of nepotism and because yeah. Kirk is protecting his son to the nth degree, mm-hmm. is now accepting average. Well, heck. Florida may not even be. Florida is not dealing in nepotism, but they may be expecting expecting and accepting the exact same thing, which is kind of scary, uh, because we're talking about premier programs uh, that aren't doing nearly what they did before. Dude, do you, do you know how you know how bad the Florida offense was last year? Yeah. Right, it just was a mess. Right, right. Iowa made it look like right. It was ten percent, like, like, like the leech teams of yeah. from Texas Tech. Right, that's why I'm joking. Iowa's offense was literally was literally one of the worst in modern era of, of Power Five football. Oh, yeah. And it's funny yeah. you say that because shout out to Matt from Pontevedra for passing along the tweet from Buddy Boy Chris Hassel of CBS Sports. The 1922 Iowa team outscored the 2022 Hawkeye team by a lot. 1922, they averaged 29.7 points per game. 
this past season, 17 I, points. I Joe, that. that's they averaged a touchdown every 42 plays yeah. last yeah. year. It, the it, offense. It, yeah. And they honestly, averaged 54 plays a game. Yeah, that's when you tell everybody just to get out. Just to get out. But there have been no changes to the coaching staff. Yeah. Kirk, uh, you're Mr. Emeritus now. You're no longer in charge. Uh, you well, know, you're- that's, the, that's the whole thing is not only is the AD putting up with it. Yeah. By the way, his quote about the qualifications of Brian Ferentz was just legendary. Mm-hmm. Not only is the AD putting up with it, the university president's putting up with it, mm-hmm. which is amazing to me. So Gary Butter, who's the AD. Who was the chair of the playoff committee, mind right, you. So his quote about. Who also cost the university $6 million, but failing upward is very, very right, common. Co- Coach Campo has now thrown the flag. This is but way too this. much no, Iowa you gotta hear No, 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 because we're going no, to gonna, gonna circle this around. Way too much You got to hear this, and I'll tell you why, okay? Because the quote from Gary Barta about Brian Ferentz, and Dave's laughing because he knows I'm right here. The quote from Gary Barta about, they asked him, what are his qualifications? The quote was, he's been around this program a long time. He's grown up with this program. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's the qualification. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, so did, uh, you know, you can go back and you can think of guys that grew up as ball boys or whatever. All right, so let me take this from that bad hire in Brian Ferentz to you are a great hire. to Jeff Bowden's days when he was the similar. offensive coordinator. Similar. No, it's similar. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I'm just I'm because I'm somehow some way I'm using that as my transition. Well, I was also going to use the transition of what does there need to be thresholds? I mean, JJ talks all the time about Josh Gaddis and the offensive coordinator terrorist he was at yeah. Miami. Like, what is the threshold for football fans? I understand here, you, you University of Florida fans, you say it's natty or bust. But would you be okay with eight wins? Because Kirk Ferentz, the head coach of Iowa, said Wednesday, first of all, and this is his direct quote, eight wins is not the goal. I want to go on record saying that eight is not the goal. And now, obviously, we also hear that there is a designated performance objective to win a minimum of seven games. Yeah. I, look, I, I, I don't care about Iowa right now. I really don't. I'm but just it brings saying, you back to the Gators I, I, of yeah, what is right. what is acceptable. I'm just simply saying that, that – I don't either, but I love the people in the text line yeah, that just lose their mind Florida, because, because she talks about Iowa every yeah, show. Yeah, the only reason I'm, – I'm, I'm putting Florida and Iowa in the same pile right now, unfortunately, just from a record point of view, right. that they cannot accept that. They cannot get used to being okay with being okay. Well, I was long yeah. ago accepted that. Yeah, I, don't I know. Think I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Florida is treading closer and closer to that, you know, you're on the short side of the pool again instead of diving off to the deep end. And so they need to be uncomfortable with being bad. They really do. Somehow, some way. And Scott Strickland needs to be uncomfortable with being bad and put some – some not these parameters that we're talking about at Iowa, just simply saying you need to go out and do your job better. We hired you, we're paying I paid you a lot of money. Okay, so and I, you need to go gonna, out and do your job. We'll better. get into this after camp, okay? But but he's he's going to do his job better. It's it's not going to be much better this year. But mm-hmm. after he gets his third recruiting class in there, they're going to make a big jump in twenty four. Yeah. Well, if you take it's a look not going to be that good next year. I'm right. telling you, it's but not. If you take a look at the four stars that were brought in, there's a lot of positive things that were that did happen in the recruiting. But let me bring it to Florida State because this is what I wanted to try and do just as far as using that Jeff Bowden thing because it was a disaster when Jeff Bowden was the offensive coordinator. Now, Mike Norvell was also kind of thought of as maybe a disaster, as maybe a guy that it wasn't going to work out, another guy that they were going to have to fire. So if you take a look right now, and this is positive stuff for for Florida State, they return 87% of last year's production meaning 80% on offense, which is top 11 in the country, and 94% on defense, which is second in the country. So they are bringing a ton of people back 
key guys back, including Jordan Travis, including Jared Verse, including Benson, a lot of guys that they're bringing back. And that is, I think, huge news for Florida State in retaining players, not having guys run off, bringing them in from the transfer portal instead of sending Look, them to I the I don't want to be the guy portal. throwing the wet blanket on Florida mm-hmm. State, but mm-hmm. you know the last game of the regular season, it's 4th and 12. Oh, yeah. And Florida's was... at Florida State's 26, and the quarterback in Florida throws it 15 feet above a guy's head who's yeah. wide open. So, And that's a bad Florida team. So don't start automatically thinking this rival. is <laughs> okay. Hey, don't start automatically throw thinking out this, the is records. A, this is a playoff team, okay? Yeah. This team's got a long way to go at Florida State to be able to be considered yeah. a team that can compete at that type and, of level. But to Matt's point, though, too, third cycle. And Mike Norvell also started coaching at Florida State during the COVID pandemic yeah. in 2020. Yeah. And this was his third full recruiting class. And I understand a lot of those names we just listed off were transfers. Mm. But at the end of the day, it took three years to get the guys he wanted that bought into his culture. Yeah, and he is winning when you look at a composite of transfer portal rankings and recruiting rankings. He's also he was also doing a very good job. Way a way tougher lift than what Billy Napier walked. If mm-hmm. Billy way has tougher. a losing season next year, he's not coming back. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. It would dude. just be too. All right, guys. It would be. I, I, I don't what's know. What's your what's your threat? You what do you think the threshold is, JJ? You think it has to be? If I'm, he has a losing record next year, he's fired. He's not coming back for a third season. What if it's he gets as simple six or, as that? Six or seven wins. He's fired. It gets real costly, and you get into a cycle. I, I put a few mortgage payments on that, JJ. Yeah. If I he wins would. six games next year, you expect the Gators yes, I to do. bring him back? Yes, yes I do. That's yes. a disgrace. Yeah, right. that's, well, six that's, and six. that's the problem that I'm having, JJ. That's what I'm telling you. Wait, if, Is if, so accepting... if, if Mario goes six and six, they, you expect Mario, him to bring him back? First of all, Mario is a better just candidate, and you know he has proven more. So yeah, I think Miami would. Billy hasn't. Like Billy hasn't won anything in a big conference before. Yeah, but the other I, thing- and Miami is a lot more desperate than Florida for a good coach. Like Florida has a lot more money. Florida can go get a big coach. Miami, not this is as big as Miami is going to get. They could go five and seven. They're not running him off. They're happening. just going to have to. You be think real- if he goes five and seven, Billy's yes, coming they're back? not running him off. Oh my they're not God. right, and that is why and that to, would be dreadful to the text line. He's recruiting too well. They're not going to run him off. That is part of why I brought up Iowa because mm-hmm. what is the threshold? Because apparently there, it's mandated seven wins is the threshold. What is allowed at yeah. the University of and, Florida? And honestly, the only reason it's that way there, is though, because- if he does lose the program again yeah. for the fourth yeah. time in six, well, years. it could be That's it could be trouble there, but. It's the problem with the family, and, right. it's, and, it's, and, he's, and he's been there forever. Correct. That, that's really the main reason. All right, so Coach Campo's got Super Bowl stories, and we're going to get into them with our man. We're going to talk a little bit about free agency. We're going to talk about what's coming up with the draft. We've got mocks that are out there. Coach Hang on, Campo. before you go, yeah. let me just tell you how ridiculous fandom has become, okay? <laughs> and that's a fan right there, okay? I love he's him to death. He's pointing at me. He's a fan. All right? I'm not a the, Gator the reality, fan. Right, but you are a you're, college football fan. You're yes. kind of a Gator so fan. So the reality <laughs> is that this guy just got there. He inherited a roster of guys that didn't want to be there, that didn't like it, that were under underachievers. Okay? He just got there. Yeah, but Dan they Mo go, was going to SEC title game. Hang on a second. No, no. Two years earlier oh, he was. Oh, wow. With so a great, long ago. With a great quarterback. Okay? Kyle Trask. Right. That was a backup for years and years. Right. He made Kyle right. Trask. He good. did. I'm not disagreeing with okay. you, okay? All I'm saying is you get a new quarterback, you get a new coach, and you want to run him after two years? Well, he two did pretty- years you're going to run this guy? Yeah. 
It, hey, if JJ. it stays the same, yeah, I would yeah. feel like that if I'm a Gator fan, and I no, know that my Gator and, friends feel exactly. And, the same. and he's and he's recruiting at, at a at a level where at right, a very right now, average level right for now, being at UF. So he, has, he doesn't have a top ten class right, right now. They've now? got for the next class. They've got what class. exactly? Their and next the class way, is what number three in the nation? I think right yeah. now. But you can't run him after Anthony Richardson gets drafted <laughs> sixth overall. Give me a break. Let's <laughs> go into the two o'clock hour. Let's see. It's amazing to me. That's where we are right now. Let's welcome in XL Primetime's coach, Dave Campo. Our head coach right here on XLP, you Nooners. Appreciate all y'all listening. Coach Campo, appreciate you coming by. What is up, my man? It's Super Bowl week. Yeah, well, just listen to the last segment. I'm fired up. Matt's all fired up. Uh, JJ's fired up. It's Super Bowl week. I said earlier, I said it on uh, uh, After Dark last night with Hacker. I said, listen. Uh, my dog Tiki Barber is even excited about this week. He was sitting in front of the TV watching it. <laughs> he was watching opening night. He was. Yeah. He was all fired up. <laughs> I know that. Uh, you know, we asked Leon, you know, what, 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 what are the days like leading up to the Super Bowl? So at least start us off with that because you're an owner of Super Bowl rings. You have been on championship winning teams. Uh, and you had that big, as we call it on XLP, the signature win over SIRS. Uh, what's it like Monday to Tuesday? Well, first of all, it was surreal, you know, the whole week because, you know, obviously I'd been in a national championship game, mm-hmm. but that first that first Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, out at the Rose Bowl was, was just unbelievable. You didn't know what to expect. And then all of a sudden you get out there and there's media people all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it was just that Monday was was, uh, you know, you get off the plane and, and all of a sudden you're in a hotel and there's all kinds of signs about the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, even even though you just played a, a season where it was kind of the same way with the Cowboys, right. it was different. So it's a whole week, too. And yes. it's unlike a regular road trip where you're flying out the day before. So how do you balance the media obligations, the making sure you practice and making sure you get ready for the big game? Well, you try to keep it as normal as possible. You know, and, and again – this now the Monday media thing was different. And back then, you know, you had media days a couple days during mm-hmm. the course of it. It was just you went to a place, no fans were in there. It was just the media. And, and you know, you just that was just part of your day. Uh, and the practice schedule was the same. Uh, you know, we practiced at UCLA in the first one. And, you know, you just bust over there like it was like. Jacksonville going over here to Episcopal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you did your thing and then came back and you know we were pretty lax you know Jimmy gave him a lot of time off at night when we first got there you know which you know a lot of limos running around there and (laughs) Michael Irvin running the show so that really it was it was uh it was just different but at the same time you know you had a week getting ready and most of your game plan was in when you got there so then it was just repeating and making sure that you were solid in the practices. So, first off, how cool is it going to be next year when we're asking you, as a coach, since the Jaguars are in the Super Bowl, what do you do? To, so, I'm going to ask, ask it to you now. As a coach, how do you – And we'll be on Radio you, Row. Right, we yeah, will be. we'll be how, in uh, Ve- Vegas, too. How, JJ's going to come with. How um, difficult is it as a coach to not let it be seen on your face with the players that it's a big deal? Like, you're preaching, look, man, this is another game. Another game, we're preparing the same way. Let's just go out and perform. How difficult is that? It's not difficult. I mean, you know, they, these guys know the importance of the ball game. Uh, I think what you try to do is you try to keep everything, again, as normal as possible. But at the same time, you know, you just you, – you emphasize on the fact that mistakes 
are magnified 100%, you know. And I always took the approach, even when I was in the Super Bowls, that, you know, if you're a champion at whatever sport you're in, it doesn't matter whether it's Little League, Junior High, High School, National Championship, Super Bowl, the only difference between the games, you feel the same way in the games if you're playing in it. As a Little League or those Little League guys – if they're playing in a yep. championship game, they feel the same way. It's just there's more people watching it. So, you know, you try to keep it under the context that this is no different than any other ball so game. When you, it's, just, it's just more people watching it. So when you talk about mistakes, and I went to ask you this earlier because a couple weeks ago you said that Jimmy always said there's value in not making mistakes. It's probably greater than making the big plays. So at that point, as a player, aren't you thinking, I can't make a mistake? Is there is there a danger in players – getting too much in their head about can't make a mistake, can't make a mistake, can't make a mistake. Yeah, I, I think you emphasize the good points all the way through the season. Now, you also have to work on the points that you need to get better. But ne- never on a really good team, never do you overemphasize the bad plays. Right. You emphasize the good plays and let them look at the bad plays. And then you just, you know, make the comment that, hey, uh, you know, we don't make these two mistakes. We score 30 points instead of 28. You know, that's how you approach it during the season. So I think, I think I'm morally yeah. obligated to therefore ask, as we're talking about Super Bowl week and Coach Campo's favorite memories, mm-hmm. since we've been asking all show, Joe and Matt, to uh, get off the text line brought to you mm-hmm. by Lifetime Enclosures, questions that our Nooners would ask at Super Bowl Media Day. What is the craziest question you were asked in the Super Bowls that you coached in at Media Day, Coach Campo? Well, remember, I was uh, a secondary coach and a defensive coordinator. So my press conferences were a little bit different than, than the head coach. You know, I was not fortunate enough to get there as a head coach. But, you know, I, I can't really remember anything that unusual crazy. at that time. No, not nothing as stupid as is this a must-win game. I, I can promise you that. I don't know. You, you think? <laughs> you know, most of the time they were just asking questions like, uh, you know, what what do you see in this team that, that made you get to this point, things like that. It was pretty straightforward, Mia, to be honest with you. All right, so give us a quick thought, and then we'll get into the game, and then we'll do free agency uh, before we're done today. But a quick thought on what you see in the matchup right now, because you're talking about a a one-and-a-half-point line. Yeah. Uh, Well, first of all, I've always been under the feeling, and right or wrong, I think I'm right, Mm -hmm. that the – you know, even though I'm a Jaguar fan, true and and true Mm – the NFC East was always a physical, tough, aggressive, competitive situation. Uh, toughness and, and discipline and all those kind of things. The AFC, we always looked at as a finesse, pretty look at quarterbacks, you know, all these kind of different things, which I think is kind of still the same. So I'm leaning towards Philadelphia because the statistics on offense are almost exactly the same. Right. But the difference is turnovers and sacks with the Philadelphia's defense. I think you have to have great defense to win, and I think Philadelphia's defense is better. So my leaning is towards Philadelphia in the ballgame. And and I know it's hard with your NFC East core to do that. But all right, so – we will get some thoughts. We'll drill down on the game, then we'll get to the free agents. Uh, JJ, how about you take a couple calls in the break? This is our, our beer prop bets 
and we just got our beer closet. We'll get some prizes, T-shirts, koozies, whatever it might be, uh, and hook you up. you got to get both prop bets right. So call JJ, 641-1010. You have questions like, will either team register a safety team to score the longest touchdown, total number of field goals that go through the uprights, those types of questions. So 641-1010, fire up JJ's phone, and he'll get you marked down uh, with our prop bets. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. 18 minutes after the 2 o'clock hour, rolling along. XL Primetime with our head coach, Dave Campo. We'll kick out a Campo and Joe podcast coming up a little bit later on, a little Facebook live action at 3 o'clock. But we're drilling down on the game, and then we'll get to the free agent talk with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you're leaning Philly, coach. Uh, and is it be simply because of that pass rush, which is 70 sacks in the regular season, and then add more on in the in the postseason? Is that the main thing, or what is it? I, I think it's the pass rush plus uh, the turnover ratio. You know, the turnover ratio is much better with Philadelphia. They've mm-hmm. gotten a bunch of uh, interceptions and and caused fumbles, and uh, you know that's that's something that kind of uh, gives them an edge. The other mm-hmm. thing I think is that you know when you look at they're both different from the standpoint that the statistics are the same, but Kansas City's pass to set up the run, whereas Philadelphia's run to set up the pass. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the quarterback having 700-something yards, you know, with Hurts, that really puts the pressure on the other defense as far as what you can do with your blitzing game, with your pressure game, those kind of things, because you're concerned with him running. If he breaks containment mm-hmm. or if there's a, a gap, you're playing man coverage, you're in trouble. So, to me, uh, even though Mahomes can operate, you know, with his injury situation and some of the receivers being hurt, I think this is going to be a defensive ball game where the defense will control the game. And and that's that's where I see Philadelphia having a little bit of an edge. Whose weapons concern you more on the offensive end, Kansas City or Philadelphia? Well, if all the receivers are there, I think the firepower is a little bit higher on on uh, Kansas, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, you know, you do have two receivers that are over thousand yards with Philadelphia, and the tight end is mm-hmm. seven hundred. Right. So I think both of them, you know, from an offensive standpoint, both of the firepowers are pretty good. I I really, honestly, Mia, think that uh, Hertz's ability to run. Is the that's the X factor is the X you. factor mm-hmm. on on whether or not you know the, you know that it's gonna the type of ball game it's gonna be. So the the Philly pass rush, um, just phenomenal. I mean, seventy five sacks, right, Joe? Seventy six, seventy seven, seventy seven. Okay, yeah, seventy seven sacks. But I look at that Chiefs line; they're a lot better than people think. I mean, the tackles are really good. Trey Smith might be one of the best guards in the league. He's like year two now. So. Um, how will that dynamic play out, you think, in a game? Well, I think Reddick is the guy, okay? You'd have to look at Reddick and say, we've got to make sure that we've got him taken care of because he's a, he's a game wrecker. Game wrecker, yeah. You know, he's 16 or 18 sacks, whatever he had. He's got a bunch of sacks. He's By the way, so you were athletic. on him, too. Oh, oh, I oh love yeah. last Before free agency oh, yeah. last year, you were like, I think they got to go get Reddick. Yeah, I, I would have said uh, that would keep you from having to take somebody that people were questioning, you know, as to whether or not right. he – we should be you in that all number one pick. That. I want to give you props. You go ahead that. and take him, and yeah. then then you take what's the best available there. Uh, but to me, that 
makes a little bit of a difference because now they've got right across the board, Graham, Cox, Sweat, All four of them, yeah. You know, all of them. Yeah. Uh, Hargrave. You know, they're, they're balanced. So all of a sudden, if you could get one guy that has to be doubled a little bit, that's single on everybody else. And I just think that they have, you know, that firepower they have up front is pretty darn good. Going from 29 sacks a year ago to 70, is that out of the blue? Is that something you see with scheme? Or is that something that Hassan Reddick and additions brought to them? I think he brought a lot to them, to be honest with you. But I also think that they're doing some things with, you know, overloading and doing some things the defensive coordinator uh, is using. You know, that's an interesting one because, you know, people were dinging Gannon and, and uh, the head coach came out and said, what are you people doing, smoking hubbly-bubbly or what? We, Gannon, <laughs> Gannon's a pretty darn good coordinator. You know, here's what we're doing, and, and, you know, and it's borne out, in my opinion. I think it's a combination of what they're doing on defense and, and pretty darn good talent. Plus, they have two corners that are as good as any in the league as far as being able to cover one-on-one. So that allows them not only to use those pass rushers, but to get one-on-ones based on bringing some linebackers and doing some things that, that put the pressure on you. You're looking for X factors. Uh, there's no question you're looking for who could be that wild card on either side. But what about the coaching wild cards, okay? You've been a head coach. You know what these guys are all about. I don't know that you know we, we know everything about Nick Sirianni, but he's proven that he can get a team to this, to this level in a short amount of time of him coaching up there. Uh, what do you think the wild cards will be with these two guys? Well, I think the, the veterans probably got an edge. I think Andy Reid, you know, he's done this for a while now. And yeah, third time in four years, too. That means something. It does mean something. And I think the one thing I always loved about Andy – was I didn't love it because he was whipping my tail, but mm-hmm. you know, in the games that we coached against him, he always he always had the edge in critical situations. Okay, that's the wild card we're talking you know, about. You know, that's the wild card we're talking about. And one of the things that bears that out, if you look at the two teams on fourth down, Kansas City's like seventy five percent on fourth down. Now some of that's the quarterback being able to mm-hmm. execute. Mm-hmm. But some of it is he has a way of coming up with a play in a critical situation when you have to have it. And I think that's an example. I think they're 75%, and I think Philadelphia's around 50, you know, which is still okay. But it's just, you know, he has that ability to make those kind of plays when it counts. Uh, this might be like just a rudimentary way of looking at it, and, and I, I'm, I'm kind of on the KC side of this game. But I'm going Reed plus Mahomes equals experience. Sirianni plus Hertz equals inexperience. And I, I can't help but gravitate to that. Yeah, I, you know, th- from an experience standpoint, they have an advantage. I don't think that the experience as a whole with the entire teams make mm-hmm. a difference. Mm-hmm. But it might with the head coach and the quarterback. You know, yeah. that's something, you know, you don't panic. You know, you've been there before. You, you, yeah. you look at those situations very differently sometimes than a guy that's just doing it for the first time. So, listen, there's a reason that the game is a one-and-a-half-point spread. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going on my feelings of how important defense is right. in the big games. And that's, that's why I give the edge to Philadelphia. I don't think it's going to be a big spread either way, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Who do you have covering Kelsey? Who's going to stop him? 
couple guys. Couple guys. Couple guys. <laughs> couple. I mean, More than like, one. I guess my bigger question is: Are you sticking um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson on him? Are you? bracketing him or I mean I just looked up his stats because I was curious do you know 12 touchdowns 12 touchdowns in the regular season 1,338 receiving yards like I mean Jarek McKinnon had nine touchdowns too which is nuts as well but I mean and it's so fascinating and we're going to get into free agency and draft talk in the days and weeks and even next segment coach Campo but like can you put one player on him and be like yeah we're done we're good that they'll they'll erase him yeah, I, when I look at him, I look at him as a wide receiver. You know, really, from a statistical standpoint, he's right there with with the wideouts. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, to me, if you're going to do anything, you're going to put your best guy on him in, in third down situations for sure, okay? But when you've got two corners that are as good as Bradbury and uh, – Slay. Slay. Yeah, Yeah. and Bradbury, uh, that allows you to double guys. And, and, you know, because you've got a single on the other guys. And uh, so I think they will try to double him quite a bit. And, you know, that's bracketing him. That's uh, putting a linebacker on him to bang him and let another guy take care of him from there. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do when you have the two corners outside that can handle the one-on-one situations. Okay, so – You've already said that you, you would draft a corner and free agency you'd hit with the, an edge guy, someone to, to, someone to affect the passer. So you nailed Reddick last year. Do you see anyone in this year's free agency class that you think could help off the edge? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really looked as much looked this year it. yet. Yeah. Bradbury's you know, up there. Remember, you have yeah. to remember, we were talking about this back in uh, November a year ago. <laughs> That's true. So I had a little but, more time. But, to, but to pressure look at is guys. still is still where you go. That's your number one priority in free agency. Yeah, right? I think so. I think you need, I need you need another cover guy, for sure, and then you need somebody that can address the passer, and and most likely inside. That's why I think a guy like Hargrave I think is available. Uh, I think the the uh, guy that's playing defensive end. Uh, Sweat. Graham or Graham, yeah, yeah Brandon Graham. Graham is available. Yeah, Brandon Graham. You know those guys can be inside players. Uh, I think they'll start to try to utilize uh, Walker more inside, right? With, with with in those situations with a second year with the ball club. So I, you know, I I'm going to have to take a really good look at the free agency and the and the draft a little bit between now and when you really have to start talking about it, which is. A couple weeks Right now, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll explore a couple of those names coming up next. One segment to go here on a Tuesday edition of XL Primetime right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. One more segment to go on a Tuesday edition of XL Primetime. Talking a little free agency. I've gotten a couple of texts. Shout out to my boy JT who gave mm-hmm. me the, the text about an hour and a half ago. When are you guys going to start talking about free agency in the draft? Yep. They, I want to uh, talk free agency. They, well, that's why Coach it. Campo is here. Don't worry, JT. We're going to talk some free agency, some draft. We kind of go with the calendar. Right. Yeah. And also it's Super Bowl week. Yeah. So that's as Coach calendar. Campo said, yep. we got to focus on the Super Bowl. Yep. But you mentioned the name. Javon Hargrave, who, according to Pro Football Focus, would be the highest-rated defensive free agent mm-hmm. this upcoming offseason, only 29 years old. And where, potentially, could he land, and what exactly would he command in terms of monetary value? Of course, you have to remember your Jaguars are going to have to try to reshuffle some money if they want to bring back the likes of Evan Ingram and Jawan Taylor, let alone add additional pieces to the puzzle. 
So some other names, too, that are at least on PFF's top 10 of available free agents. Safety Jesse Bates with mm-hmm. the Cincinnati Bengals. Corner Jamel Dean of the Bucks, Levante David, the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is on the defensive side of the ball, mind you. And then, of course, Deron Payne, the defensive lineman out of Washington, former first-round pick. Yeah, I, I think when I looked at Coach earlier, we, we probably included maybe one of these names on our Campo and Joe podcast. I feel like they got to fix the finances here before we can even entertain. Because those are – Payne and Hargrave are big names, right? I, they got to fix this. They, in other words, they got to have these guys re-sign before they can go and do anything. Yeah, you have to take care of your own business first. First of all, they got to get under the cap. Second of all, they've got to decide who they want to keep. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the biggest thrust, if, if they're going to have a chance to get where we want to go, yeah. they want to go, it's going to have to be on defense. So, you know, they need to get some defensive players to make this defense when you look at the two in the Super Bowl right now, both defenses are better than ours. There's yeah. no question about yeah. it. Okay, so I can't believe I'm saying ours all the time. I, I, it's like I'm still you're coaching. Jacksonville, man. You're a man, Duval all day. The way here. Uh, you might have to get a tattoo, Duval Day. I, I, I just thought know, of that. It might work. Listen, next year I may make a, a prediction. Mm-hmm. It won't be a, a tattoo, though. It's going to be something else. But uh, – uh, but really, to be honest with you, I think the defensive side of the ball is going to be where they focus. Right Now, they have to try to keep a couple of the offensive guys. They, to me, it's not as critical. For example, Jawan Taylor. Mm-hmm. I want Jawan Taylor here the way he played this year. But Walker Little is here. So it's not like they have to go out and get anybody. Very viable. Or, Walker or, Little is a fiscally prudent thing to do. He's proven that he can play, and he can play at a level that gives you a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And so what they have to do on offense, to me, with the addition of Ridley if he's here, right. they've already got a, an offense that can score 24, 28, 30 mm-hmm. against pretty much anybody. And so, you know, defense is going to be the key. But they got to get down first. And take care of whoever they're they're going to take care of here. You think about those names that we mentioned, and James Bradbury's one of them that will we will see Sunday. So pay attention to him. But I was throwing the stat at you earlier. His coverage rate from PFF is eighty percent, one of the best grades he's had as a pro. He is also scheduled uh, to be a free agent. Yeah, yeah. So he is a guy that at least watch on Sunday. But I believe it's because of the pass rush that's made him that much better. Well, I think a pass rush is important, but, you know, the one thing is he's got 17 passes broken up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, he gets around the football. Yeah. And, you know, some of that is maybe that the ball comes out, he doesn't have to worry too much about getting beat deep or whatever, and he can he can be a little bit ag- more aggressive to the ball and that type of thing. So they do work hand-in-hand. Hand. You're mm-hmm. right there. But the odds, the numbers, just if you're looking on the sheer numbers of the drafts over the years, you are better off drafting a corner then you are drafting an edge guy as far as who makes an impact, right? I think you can see it easier. Yeah. You know, I think you see a corner, what his skills are easier, you know, than you can uh, some of the other positions. So, you know, again, I, I think that's where they'll – I think they'll try to get a corner in the draft, to be honest with you. I think they're more likely to try to get a defensive inside guy that can affect the passer before they – you know, in free agency if they can do that. By the way, in that top 100 pending free agents, according to Pro Football Focus, nine of them, 
play for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. <laughs> so, a bunch. so that also hits home, you know, not just of, you know, great marquee players that could be targeted in free agency, but Coach Campo, I mean, these guys, they recognize this is their window. They're not going to be the same team next year. And I know that's a point that we've talked about with this team in this town of did they not realize in the moment that this group of guys that was a very special group in 2022 may not be together again. And so how do you fundamentally as a coach, you know, preach that to your team while also staying in the moment? Well, I think, first of all, you have to do what we're talking about. Keep your own guys that you think are going to make a difference. That, to me, is, you know, you see them every day. You know what they're made of. You know what uh, they do well. So first you got to do that. And, and then it, it, when you've got a team that's pretty good, then you pick and choose where you want to put your money from there. And, you know, to me, I think there is a window here, too, will be. You know, there's a window for Burrow at Cincinnati. Can't keep everybody. Right. No. You know, and that's, that's where you, you, you try to strike when the iron's hot. And, uh, you know, to me, you've got two or three years here where you're in pretty good shape. Get the defense fixed and then – Take your shot. And start drafting guys yeah. and start hitting on guys. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely, because the draft is going to be the most important. You have to have almost every guy in your draft has to make the team to stay under the cap every year. So that's where it's just as important not only to get great players, mm-hmm. but make sure guys that you get that are going to make the team and make sure they're going to you know have a role for your team going so forward. So real quick, sorry, Joe, real mm-hmm. quick. If, your point is, is that if they keep the guys that are in-house now on offense – and you add Ridley, you think that's good. They're good on offense. They can score enough to win, to get to the playoffs and go deep in the playoffs. It's the defense is the, is the question. With improvement, with the center, you know, with strength and, and those kind of things. Right, right, of and course. And Little having another year of if course. he's the guy. Yeah. Right. And Sheriff staying out of – yeah, unless they, I don't know if they're going to move him or not. I don't think move they sure? can, yeah. right? No, they no. wouldn't move yeah. Sheriff, but they so, might restructure. Yeah, so they restructure, but he stays healthy. Correct. I think this and, offensive team is good enough to 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 yeah, win and, games and keeping Ingram. Meaning you got to yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. yeah, I think Ingram's a critical part. Yeah. To be honest with you. All right. Before we say goodbye to Coach Campo and we sign off for the day, uh, we have some Aaron Rodgers news. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. JJ, I love how all the big J journalists have to follow Pat McAfee's show to get updates on exactly where Aaron Rodgers' head is at. Um, This is a weird one. Yeah, he is currently on the Pat McAfee show, um, to which he had a couple of interesting comments. Um, With regards to everyone wondering if he was going to go to Las Vegas, reunite with Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers said, quote, I'm under contract with the Packers. People forget that. That gets lost in the conversation. He then was asked about the notion that he won't retire this offseason because then he would have to share a Hall of Fame stage with Tom Brady and J.J. Watt. He said that that idea is ridiculous. He then said he, quote, has an opportunity to do a little self-reflection in some isolation this offseason, and after that I feel like I will be a lot closer to the final Final decision, he has not even decided yet whether he's going to play in 2023. Quote, that's why I think it's going to be important to get through this week, take my isolation retreat, and contemplate all things in my future. He called it a darkness retreat for four nights alone. It is, quote, really sensory deprivation isolation. 
Yeah, he's in, pit, he's in pitch black all day and all night all for day four day days. Yep. Yeah, in a little house. Do you remember? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. And this is where the psychedelics come in. Okay. <laughs> no, no, is, you don't need psychedelics for no, that. No, man. No, trust me, you do. There's no, no way I don't think you do. There's no way he's doing that. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. high. Maybe off little peyotes. Yeah, exactly. And, and hey, do you remember uh, Yellowstone That's reference? Lunacy. That's remember Yellowstone reference when they he had to get rid of the curse? Right. Yeah, and he had to go out there in isolation. That is Aaron Rodgers coming up right now. It's XL Primetime. Coach, you and I are going to do the Campo and Joe podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. Will you be Looking isolating Will you be that. isolating Right. Will there be any peyote involved? Will there be any psychedelics? No, but uh, I, I kind of like the idea of having a little isolation yeah. every once in a while. Everyone's Not that much. <laughs> Hey, remember this? It's up. Missed it to the right. All the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. Announcer Jinx is here as Brady's pass. It's Gronkowski. Brady, play action. Looking. Third option. End zone. Caught! Gronkowski again. Fournette. 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 Touchdown. Tampa Bay. There was some enthusiasm. It was... Playoff Lenny! Champa Bay. That's a call. Yeah, That's exactly. a call. Now, he writes a few of those down, but it was fine. It's all right. It was great, honestly. Uh, the way he called it, the, the four-deck call was great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, J.J. had to ed- edit the ooh out of there uh, from Romo. Ooh. Oh. I don't know, Jim. Uh, well, at least there wasn't. Okay, he hit the field goal. They won. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but, yeah, that was one certainly for the ages, for the old man, uh, as they were in – they ended up on the right side of that game against uh, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. They pounded them pretty good. But I'll remind everybody, there were three offensive linemen that went down. Yeah, they were without their two starting tackles. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Three offensive linemen went down that game. That's why I think this one's going to be different. I, I really, really do. That was the parallel throw from mm-hmm. Mahomes. Remember that? Oh, yeah. He was literally parallel with the ground. He made that throw. Yeah. Uh, and so he, I, I humbled a little bit by it. Uh, and hungry because of it, and we'll ultimately see where it goes, that's for sure. All right, we got the Francis show coming up. Uh, there she is. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Lauren Brooks joins us now. Francie show, ready to roll. What's oh, happening? When I walked by earlier, Coach Campo was still sitting here, so I figured hey, you coach guys was were just court. keeping it warm for you. You guys were so busy. He was holding court. Of course. That's what he always Super does. Bowl week. I mean, if anybody knows anything about Super Bowls, it's yeah. that guy. He came in flashing rings earlier. I love that. Yeah. So what's going on? Oh, you know, we were out at uh, Sawgrass yesterday, mm-hmm. and it is gorgeous outside. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. beautiful yesterday, beautiful today. I'm ready for the players. Yeah. How many weeks do we have to wait? 28 days. Four, yeah, I'm ready weeks. for it to be like next week. Yeah, well. It, Although it, we have the baseball tournament next week with walk-off charities. So at least we'll be outside for that. Yeah, just We are treated some great. This is February, people, and, and yeah. we had, we, I hope we had our two days of winter, and, and then we're done. And we'll find like out, but yeah, true. it's gorgeous right now. It really is, yeah. So we will talk Super Bowl, of course, and a little spring training and and lots of things today. And Jaden Rashada's money. Yeah, we did talk about that yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild. I heard you guys talking about it earlier. 
if the best players in college football don't have these types of deals, why does anyone think that they automatically should get it before they even play a snap in college yeah. football? That's what I don't understand. Like, you have to be so incredibly entitled, or someone in your camp, I suppose, has to be so incredibly entitled to think that you deserve that. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. All right. We will be listening. Thanks. All right, Lauren Brooks, Frank Franchi, Hayes Caroline, Agent Gibbs, they will have it coming up. And, yeah, we will chase that story again tomorrow. Uh, and we'll see Andy Staples and Stuart Mandel. They broke it down, at least contractually, uh, what was available um, in the story. Not necessarily saying it was available to the man. We'll find out. Yeah, it's also crazy for the Gators to or their collective to say that they would do that. Well, and I'm not do it. Also I'm waiting crazy. for my receipt back from my 990 monthly to tell me whether or not I am contributing to that or, or if I actually get a refund uh, since they didn't sign the 13. Million. I mean, allegedly it was one guy, but I'm, I don't know if I believe that mm -hmm. because the one guy clearly is in contact with the guy who funnels the money to it. Who the guy who and the guy who funnels the money to it laughed about it. So. I don't know. It's weird. The whole thing is weird. By the way, uh, Super Bowl <laughs> media day was technically last night, but now you have the breakout rooms for each mm -hmm. of the two teams and so Nick Sirianni was asked about the must win question and he just said there were a lot of interesting questions oh yeah there's that's what they're supposed to be I suppose he's it's very the, happy he's back with his crazy Philly media right yeah, now yeah because they're they're crazy enough for sure all right we are out Beaver Chevy Beaver Toyota don't forget both dealers lots of great people that's number one I think anytime you're trying to make a sale feel comfortable uh and you, you kind of like the price you like the product all of that's there for you beaverchevrolet.com beavertoyotasaintaugustine.com Find Beaver Toyota on US-1 in St. Augustine and Beaver Chevrolet on Phillips Highway on the north side. We are out. Joe C., MOB, me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirs, and JJ. You got the Frangie Show rolling.